Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this, oh my God, UConn are national champions again, Wednesday, Tuesday, the 4th, we start now. Dude, I apologize for messing that up. I'm so excited for the fine folks at UConn who decided to write and tear the entire university down after winning last night. That dude's got to do, I guess. A lot of videos coming out of there that are a bit alarming, and I assume there was some alcoholic beverages, amongst other things, being partaked uh, throughout the evening up there in UConn. But the fact that they dominated in the national championship. Now, that's two national championships that college has had in their biggest of three sports or whatever Mm -hmm. that have been complete blowouts. Mm -hmm. And now it did become a little bit of a game whenever San Diego State displayed that incredible mental toughness and grit to get it back to like six, I believe, in the second half. And they wanted to have it down to six by the 10-minute mark. I think it was after the 10-minute mark. Nonetheless, they fought a little bit. There was a couple times where UConn couldn't hit a shot. There was like a stretch of like four minutes where neither team made a shot. Mm -hmm. It was ugly basketball, especially in comparison to the women's game that happened on Sunday where LSU scored 101 fucking points or something like that. Incredibly dominant performance by UConn from start to finish. Pretty much whenever they found what they needed to do to win games, they executed perfectly whenever it mattered the absolute most. Reese Davis told us UConn was going to go. He also said, what's the over-under on that thing, 132 and a half? I'd say, Maybe a dash over that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Ended up being like 134 or 135 or something like that. Reef. His big-ass brain kind of carried us through a lot of big-time bets for this March Madness. The one shining moment goes back to the Huskies for the fifth time since 1995. Most in the country. Congratulations, and uh, I hope you ends when you fix the glass up there, the broken windows. Uh-huh. And, you know, repair probably some houses, yeah. sure. couches, and things like that. Hope you get a chance to truly enjoy this. It's not normal for a school like UConn. No offense, UConn. It's a whole new world whenever it comes to the sports landscape. Mm-hmm. A lot of money going to places. A lot of big-name schools doing their thing. So the fact that UConn, especially with how terrible their football team has been, so yeah. is back <laughs> yeah. in the sports relevance world. So happy for them. I hope they enjoy this for an entire spring. Way to go, UConn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go the Toxic Table's here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer Dad. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. And back on stage, a 14-year NFL corner would never step foot into the nickel or safety position. Yeah, nope. He's on an island he ran a four, two, eight. eight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Pac-Man Jones. Wow. Pac, I'll talk to you. Old school Big East. Obviously, UConn was in there. And the basketball Big East has always been something that has been heralded as great tradition. But I'm happy that the old school Big East football conference, they used to be dominant. Hey, we had dogs in the Big East conference. You go back and just look through what the highlights were. If they were able to figure out the fucking business that everybody else was seemingly able to figure out, I think the Big East football could have been and should have been continuing to go, but everybody left, went to other conferences, Big right. Ten, Big 12, right. somehow, if you're on the East Coast, doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm happy UConn's back in there. Congrats to the Huskies on a dominant performance. Yeah, congratulations, man. That, that's pretty good. You know, Dan Hurley talked about his lucky draws that he wore the whole NCAA, I mean, NCAA oh. tournament. So I guess the dirty draws worked. Um, <laughs> congrats to him and the team. Man. Hey, he was a good guy to get to learn about here. Yeah. This. Now, obviously, remember him as a player, and his son, I believe, was the one that dribbled out the final second yep. of the game, actually. Got a rebound, mm-hmm. snagged it. Statue. Yeah, and then he, as soon as he got the as the ball struck zero, I was interested. I'm like, is this guy? Yeah, save him. Yeah, yeah hold on to that. Is this ball going right up the uh, jersey? Mm-hmm. You know, because he's in a basketball family. Right. Obviously, he knows the deal here. He had the ball whenever the fifth natty was won for UConn. His dad. As the coach there, 
As soon as that thing hit zero, he spiked that fucker so hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Boom, all the way up in the sky. And then they kind of lost their mind, as they should. But that Hurley family of basketball, the dad, mm-hmm. who's a high school basketball mm-hmm. legend, yeah. then obviously him, now the son. And it, I don't know what they said. Jim Nance gave his last. That was nice. Hey, Jim. I, we're all friends with Jim Nance. We're all. <laughs> Let's go. We're lucky to be your friend, Jim. Yeah, hey, Jim. Amen. We're lucky to be your friend. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what they said exactly, but that guy looked like he's a future basketball coach that was playing sure. uh, and obviously For got sure. the rebound yeah. to uh, to win the natty. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, as the clock struck zero, this dude had the ball in his hands. He's going to be a coach. Just a fun story to kind of learn about all together. And fucking Bruce Brown hit big on a contract. Yeah. yeah, Bruce Brown went in 10 grand last night, and he almost Had a baby, Bruce! Hell yeah, thanks, boys. It was an awesome tournament, though. I mean, I feel like UConn was one of those teams that everyone's hyping up in, you know, beginning. And then you kind of think, okay, if everyone's on them, then they're going to fall at Is some that point. real? I didn't know about that until the middle when Reeves came on the program and said, hey, UConn has a chance because Darius asked him a question. Yeah, because... I literally had no idea that they were even around or existed. They were a real deal, that team. Yeah, he because Reese had uh, – the reason I said it is because Reese had Bama versus UConn in his, you know, bracket. So he knew, but I thought it was just because he was a Connecticut fuck up there as oh. an ESPN person. I didn't know that was a national narrative because, once again, March Madness is when bas- college basketball season starts for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I'm not happy about that. Okay, I need to pay attention more, especially if the games are the way they are. I need to pay attention more to the women college basketball Big. going Big. forward, I think, as well. Yeah. I don't know how easy it is to find those games, but me and Pac were talking. West Virginia's going to get Caitlin Clark. Let's, you know what I mean? There has to be a number that we can there's get. Not. Yeah, do you there have to What's that? 10 no. billion? There's not. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you want to sign over the university to her? I mean, yeah. that's that. maybe you just call it Caitlin Clark University. CCU. Go, that's do we know how much she's way. getting an NIO deal right now? Hey, that's what I'm talking about, Pac. Listen, I brought this up to Ty yesterday, and he has not been thrilled about it. Every time I brought uh-huh. it up, it's the same reaction. He's like, no, don't even. I'm like, hey, there's a number potentially that could go. It's you know always I mean? a number. It's There's always, always a number, yeah, number pack. And Iowa will, will reach that number. She, what? She she said in a tweet yesterday, too, that like she's glad that she could put on for the state of Iowa. She Always Hell a hot yeah. guy. She's coming back. But, yeah, I mean, we talked about this after the show yesterday. Like, she will be the highest paid athlete at the University of Iowa next year, which is kind of crazy to think about, but also very deserving. Yeah, valid, because she is an Iowan. Yeah. yeah. Is, that what she, is that what she is? Yeah. Iowans? Yeah, she is an Iowan. Caitlin Clark's tweet, thank you to all who have supported us on this magical run. I'm lucky to wear Iowa across my chest and represent our state. That's a big word there. Mm-hmm. Unless it was, you know, because... Your yeah, she might just drop the Y. She didn't. She didn't. I love these girls to death and cannot be more proud of all we accomplished this season. Go Hawks, always. Whoa, that last word also big here. Yeah, yeah. Because then the praying hands right afterwards Mm -hmm. with the baby bird. Is it not a hawk? Yeah, well, that's what you have to use. There's not really a hawk emoji. Can we get a fucking hawk on there? No kidding. New emojis just dropped too. But yeah, I mean, so she ain't going anywhere. Yeah, well, there's always a number that could get that tweet deleted. West Virginia always. doesn't have it. Yeah, there's got to be someone that has it, though. I don't, don't think they, they, she is. She is the most popular athlete on their campus in the state of Iowa. Like, so it, she's gonna be she's gonna be high V spokesperson, right? For sure, high V spoke. That's out of Iowa. Yep. Mm-hmm. What else? Roundup. I think he's out of Iowa. Yeah, corn. Yeah, I think Roundup Casey's, is. Out. Yeah, Pioneer. Corn. Like, yeah, there's like corn. there's places where if they really wanna, because she is like she has the chance to like kind of make them like a national brand moving forward. Like that's way you know. I mean, she she could make Iowa like a destination for girls basketball. Like, there's no way they could let her go. Okay. Well, somebody's going to try. Someone's for sure going to try. Think about Ohio State, man. Just think about what Ohio State could potentially offer. Really any other big school but West Virginia. 
Relax. Sorry, I'm just being honest. I don't. There want, is no reason. I don't for want that. you to get your hopes up here, and then for her not to go there. Well, no. almost heaven probably is a nicer scenery. I would say than fucking out. Wow. No, absolutely uh, not. You've definitely never been to the campus. I've been to both. I would say he's beautiful. Besides her, who, who's the last person that was the biggest? She is right now in basketball or in yeah. Iowa. Basketball. It could be male or female. At, at Iowa or yeah. just in I mean, general? Last year. Yeah. Which one? At Iowa. At Iowa. Oh, uh, Keegan Murray was a top five pick in the NBA draft. I don't think he's year. as big as Caden Clark. No, definitely not. Then that's kind of like that's national the, prominence. Yeah, wise. in terms of nationally, like no, yeah, Iowa hasn't had someone like and also, in a long time. You know, you know, welcome to the that's team. Pretty, that's pretty much their NBA team too, huh? Yeah, we yeah. no no pro sports teams in yeah. Iowa. So that's hey, West Virginia, like, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and really we got is. a beautiful lake. And yeah. Oh, the views. And we got some money. Almost have it. We no, do have money. There's money enough. in there now. I don't not, know. Not Listen, enough. Iowa's got money as well. Yeah. Iowa's got money as well. So this is what West Virginia's thinking, you know. And I'm not necessarily directly tied to the women's <laughs> basketball team there. Sure. I think they hired a new coach. Congrats. Yeah. Nice. Who is? Okay. Huggy He's a winner. Huggy Bear. Neil Huggy Brown's both, brother? Right? It's not Neil Brown's brother, okay? <laughs> okay. Relax. He's a Huggy Bear coach Neil both? Brown's got the boys climbing. We're about to get the number one tight end out of Ohio. Neil what? Brown's just, like Dog. you said. The Blaine Stewart's team. recruiting him. Blaine Stewart's recruiting him. Blaine, Blaine Stewart's though? like a little brother to me and, and the pack. I would assume that if Blaine is in the conversation, Blaine's going to win. He only coached for the Steelers for like seven years. He's a dog. Absolutely. West Virginia's all the way back. We're going to bring Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. okay. Okay, into Morgantown. And then guess who else? Angel Reese. You know that whole thing that everybody was just talking about a couple days ago? Yep. Where they were like, oh, who's who? Doesn't matter. We're having the same team. Sure. Same team. Yeah, put your shorts down. Mark Kellogg. Fuck oh, right. From, yeah, I didn't know they got Mark Kellogg. From Kellogg Flakes? Sixth all-time <laughs> winner. Sixth all-time winning coach in some league somewhere. I yeah, read okay. it on an internet report. He's got D2 sweet basketball. on his fucking. Look That's at sweet. That is sweet. Yeah, Glass he's a dog, either. dude. This yes. is fucking Mark Kellogg. <laughs> okay. That is. That, what are you laughing about? That's him. Mark Back Kellogg up. is a dog. I'm not disputing that. I'm not. Like, this is actually like when I saw this. Now I'm kind of like you know slinking down in my seat a little bit. West they, Virginia has yeah. money right now, bro. Yes. That's what we're trying to say. Really, like, Pac Man has kind of explained to me how things because he has you know a lot closer to the situation oh. than I have been. Yeah. Even though somebody hand delivered us letters uh, from Morgantown Drew, yep. a Drove week away. ago, broke into the yeah. broke, broke into the place to do this whole thing. Was I think Kellogg's a dog? Yes, he's a dog. I read an internet report. This guy's a dog. So the West Virginia has access to money, and this is um, as this NIL thing goes. Like this is what's going to happen. Not that West Virginia was irrelevant, kind of though. It, it had pretty. become pretty mm-hmm. irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that has kind of happened, and that's what's going to happen when you go to the Big Twelve. And the Big Twelve has like all this tradition and history, so they're obviously going to market those schools. And if you're not winning in those things, they're not going to take time to like right. push your school. No. So West Virginia and Big Twelve, I don't think has been a good fit at all. Personally, mm-hmm. outside looking in, no nobody over there. Travel, marketing, exposure, everything. I just don't know if it has been necessarily a good move, but I do know well, we're that gonna N- be all right. we NIL coming. We got money now. Yeah, we got money, and we got a new AD. Mr. Baker is, I had a chance to meet him when I was there. Unbelievable guy, um, and talked about the different things that we're trying to do to get Used us to back Hall at fame. the top. So, no, not uh, David Baker, Ren Baker. Uh, oh, I thought it was Dave. We got some big money coming in. Every, no, in the, the you got to pay We're the not play. the only school, by the way. You got to pay to play. Y'all know how it is. Yep. Angel no, Reese. I, I just think this year, uh, with all the stuff that I've learned the last month, month and a half, two months, um, we're rounding up funds to pay to play. So that's good. I like that a lot. You know, because the schools that are in, 
There he is. That made it rain. Damn. This guy came from Stephen F. Austin. What? Yeah, oh, so that's why he brought... He's a dog. Clark Kellogg. Is that where Clark Kellogg's from? Yeah. He, his record was just up there. The guy fucking doesn't lose. He does win. Yeah. I mean, Welcome to the team, Caitlin. Come on in. Chief. Water's just fine. Almost heaven. Come on, Ty. West, West Virginia. Virginia. Not a chance. Blue Ridge Mountains. Shenandoah River. I want to have mountains or rivers. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> oh, Iowa River, dude. It runs right down the campus. What are you talking about? Oh, I have no idea. I think it's a canal. I know a lot We're about like, canals. Right. We're talking about actual fucking Oh, no. This is a yeah. raging yeah. rapids. Anyways, to get back to it, we don't watch a lot of basketball leading into March Madness. So whenever I saw the UConn wasn't ranked, what? <clears throat> they were in a top three seed. Bingo. So yeah. I just assumed, yeah. like, okay, this team stinks. I guess they go through a drought period mm -hmm. in the middle of the season and it kind of fucks up their record where the team much better than what the numbers are saying and I think they all kind of knew that if you listen to the post-game interviews they all just believing we knew it Hurley talked about knowing it that team seemed like a blast quick question about the celebration ceremony afterwards okay the guy representing the NCAA there yeah who, who actually at one point had his jaw mm -hmm. on Jim Nance's shoulder what? this is a real deal oh yeah as Jim Nance is interviewing Hurley and you see Jim Nance actually go why the fuck is this guy <laughs> he's standing on top of me this guy I never heard of this guy obviously he's representing the NCAA he's the one who gave the trophy not a bad promo thought it was a pretty yeah. good promo awkward spot whenever they bring in the advert this is the president oh boom mm -hmm. oh are you used to speaking in front of 50,000 people no oh I speak in front of my company once a year yeah. of course I'll be able to do this and they get I would like uh, congrats Congratulations. You did it. You caught like, Huskies. So pretty good promo. I don't know if the guy got wrapped up in Jim Nance's microphone or not whenever they did the microphone pass off. This guy was standing on top of Jim Nance. The camera person actually had to zoom in so tight yep. on Nance and Hurley because there was a guy leering over Jim Nance's shoulder on. on this stage. This is this is this happened last night. That was late. I stayed up for the whole thing. I might have been a little bit tired. I might have been on some vitamins. But it was one of the most uncomfortable ceremonies I have ever watched in my entire life. Every photo and shot had this guy's back or head in the middle of it all. Pretty mm -hmm. much. I think he was wrapped up in a microphone cable, though. That is kind of what it seemed like. As if it was a three-legged potato sack race yep. with him and Jim Nance. Correct. That is what it looked like. Mm -hmm. As... <laughs> As I was watching it unfold. So if we get some answers on that publicly, that'd be great. But listening to them all speak, what a veteran-sounding crew. Yeah. And also a very confident crew that kind of knew exactly what the fuck they were going to do when they got to the tournament. And they killed everybody, Ty. Yeah, absolutely. And they were. They were ranked number one, like, earlier in the year. And then they did. They kind of had that, like, mid-season swoon. But then— They were one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so they, they were good. I mean, Jesus. you can see, like, Whoa. they have a bunch of NBA talent. So it was kind of just, like, a matter of time where if they could put it together. And they were one of the hottest teams going into the tournament so it kind of made sense uh the game overall kind of stunk you know it 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 could have been a lot better i guess and that's what i think a lot of people are arguing about is like uh you know san diego state like why you know it's nice that they cinderella all that bullshit but then you know if we get like uh, a really talented team then we actually don't want to go to bed by the time like the the second half starting in terms of the guy from the ncaa i'm almost positive that this guy just realized hey this is jim nance's last final four all these pictures and like the camera, like I need to be in all these pictures because this is a moment that's going to last forever. Dude, his his chin on Nancy's shoulder. Yeah, whispering. Actually, no, like he. I think he was enjoying the moment. Uh, no, watching. I think I think he was trying to get the microphone wire. I think it was a microphone wire was wrapped around him. Okay, I honestly believe that that was the case. And at one point, he reached down to try to get it off of his leg, and his chin 
was on Jim Nance's shoulder while he was doing an interview this way. And Jim Nance actually even does like one of these. Like what? Yeah, shoulder roll. Can somebody mm-hmm. give me a fucking moment? <laughs> like that is kind of what Jim Nance, it, it, visually, we wouldn't be able to show it on here, but you should find that image on the, uh, on the internet somewhere. That was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, if he works at the NCAA, are we sure he's not just a huge mark? And Jim Nance said that they were friends. And then this guy's like, holy fuck, I'm friends with Jim Nance. The NCAA is a around. fascinating future, too, with what we were talking about with the NIL money mm-hmm. and yeah. how everything's going. If women's college basketball becomes what it could become mm-hmm. with the stars that they have, no offense to WNBA, but I think oh yes, like college, the women's college basketball seems to be the premier national, we have the fever here. They're going to fucking win it all, okay? Mm-hmm. Sabrina Ionescu, I'm going to buy her shoes. Yep. I, But I wish, like, they could play almost in the tournament. I almost wish that they could play back in the tournament because how much the world was paying attention to it. 9.9 million viewers mm-hmm. on the final. That is bananas. Angel's back. Caitlin's back. Mm-hmm. I assume, There it is. Chin on guy. I told you. <laughs> Chin's on it, good. Chin's on him. Oh. Look at that. Look at that happening last night. I, he I thought I was been, high. He might have just been sleepy. It was late. He might have just yeah. been trying to, like, you know. Dude, he was trying to get the yeah. wire off. Of, I think he was trying to get. Look at Jim, though. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? I, sorry, we're going to get a strike for this. Today's show is not going to be able to live on YouTube. But that guy, I mean, that was a scene. Interesting. Oh, oh my God. Is he, like, reaching behind him to, like, give a player a high five? No. I think he's trying to get. I'm stuck. I'm I can't stuck. say I'm this. Any, I think he was. Like reaching, because he got it. It sounds like he, uh, the guy wrestling, got tangled up in the microphone mm-hmm. wire, and then was re- like you said, reaching down to try and untangle himself, but in the process was literally sleeping on Nancy's shoulder. Okay, it was a scene, bro. It was yeah. distracting. I almost, I mean, there might have been some. I, I, uh, my wife and I went to Michigan last night, right, and kind of stayed the night yeah, up well, there. Got a little place on the lake. The weather's getting nice. You know what I mean? Beautiful, wasn't it? So I was pretty high. I was was rather high while I was watching Legal in uh, Michigan, obviously, take the trip to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was, I was like, is that? No way. There's a guy on Rewind. Yeah. I gotta be high. There's no way that's happening. There's no way that's happening. On Jim Nance? Yeah. In his last last final four, yeah. This guy's doing and then they showed an aerial shot of the stage. A lot of room. Oh yeah. A lot of room Mm -hmm. available because how small the basketball teams are. But back to the NIL stuff, there's gonna be teams that have money that are gonna be able to do their thing. I think college basketball is gonna continue to be very exciting. Mm -hmm. Reese Davis told us that there's over a thousand people in the transfer portal in men's college basketball. Yeah. I mean teams have what, like twenty five people on them, twenty people on them? Just about fifteen probably tops. I mean like that. Well, they got people that probably don't dress. Yeah, right? they got freshmen. Yeah, they got to have practice. Yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. Who just practice? You would assume four, or five, six. Yeah, every recruiting probably years. thirty kids, thirty whole yeah. team. Yeah, I'm let saying, me do with some the math. Guys that's probably getting red shirted. Um, the guys that are not playing that's on practice squad. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's eight kids a class. That makes sense. Yeah, like twenty five, whatever yeah. it is. However many people there are in there, um, that's not a lot of spots. So she I think is. teams could recruit like almost bunches and be like, hey, we need three guys kind of come in, and you can get a brand new team that can go every single year, and it feels like the superstars know that they are they can get going. Yeah. Because Angel Reef said 
her Instagram followers went from 450,000 to 1.1 million. Mm -hmm. And she said the price just went up. Yeah. It's like, hell yeah. They're all business minded too. They all understand it completely. I think college basketball is going to get better with this whole NIL stuff. I, I totally agree. Um, what's the little girl name? Um, Jay Carson. She was at West Virginia last year and goes to LSU, and you see what happened. 21, up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. end up winning the um, championship. So I think – I don't know if I like the transport portal, I mean portal, <laughs> because it, it's, it's kind of an advantage, you think? So it's now whoever got the highest money, you going to go there? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, there's certainly long-term effects yeah. from this yeah. whole thing that are not being calculated or talked about. Like having to do a little bit of adversity and get through some shit – is certainly something that will help you down the road and probably in your particular sport. So I think the big conversation about the transfer portal is are people just running away from a tough situation to go somewhere else? And it's like, hey, in the real world, you can't just fucking get up and bounce. Like, you got to be able to handle some shit in the good and the bad. It's going to make you a better athlete, player at your sport, and human in society. And I don't know if they're judging that as potential ripple effects or anybody's talking about that, but I think that's a big deal. But on the flip side, West Virginia's got money. Fucking get in that transfer portal if you're good, <laughs> and we can get you into Morgantown, West Virginia. Well, and it probably won't happen on the women's side because usually the teams with more talent like win in the tournament, but you hope, and Reese kind of mentioned this yesterday, like there's a chance that it kind of kills like all the mid-majors and Cinderella's because you get the best player on their team like after their junior year or whatever, and you know, player of their conference in whatever mid-major conference, he's like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to go to the Big Ten, or I'm going to go to the SEC. I'm going to go to the ACC. So you hope that doesn't happen, because then it kind of does. Like, they're not going to be a whole whole lot of upsets if that does happen. Well, interesting, because the coaches normally are the people that are able to that do too. that. Mm-hmm. They just leave the mid-major, yeah. go to a big yep. school, and then they got to yep. turn over at the other place. But if it's a new mid-major going, I mean, San Diego State just went, not that they're a mid-major. FAU, FAU just went. Mm-hmm. It might, they all might be a new squad, but hopefully somebody will be able to go. Joining us now is from a completely different sport and a completely different aspect, but a massive fucking brain. Oh, hell yeah. It is this guy's season right now. Yeah, big time. We're in the middle of the draft season and scout season and this guy is not only a scout but he is the lead draft expert for nfl network he sits right next to rich eisen for 45 hours a day at the combine giving his takes on every single player that he's watched film on from every single school in america who knows how he's able to accomplish it host of the move the sticks podcast ladies and gentlemen from nfl network daniel jeremiah what's up man What's up? How you doing, man? I, I, by the way, I saw Pac there, so I got to give you my quick Pac-Man story. Uh, <laughs> for, when he, for when he was coming out, so I was with the Ravens. Um, he actually, I believe, ended up as the number one player on our board. Like, we, we loved him, and Ozzie Newsom loved him. And when we brought him into our combine interview, uh, it was one of the all-time answers to a question. So one of the coaches asked him, how would you grade your hands on a scale of 1 to 10? And Pac looked at his left hand and said 10, and then he looked at his right hand and said 10. He created them individually, not collectively, <laughs> and gave them both 10. So he got a 20. Well, <laughs> motherfucker just couldn't even keep up. He had a different grading scale. Pac, you're a legend. Yeah, awesome. Always have been. How would you? That's awesome. Yeah. I heard at the Combine, and we just heard the story. We, I, I don't think we were paying attention close enough at the time. He The 225 thing. He did it one time to prove to everybody he could do it, and then he said, all right, I ain't fucking, this ain't, I just want to let you know, I can if I wanted to. I don't know how many I could because I'm never going to try it. I don't need it. What? A, yeah. Hey, wouldn't it be nice running 428, huh? 428. Oh, man. Have, he was so good, man. He was so good. 
You should see him at pickleball or thunderball. Yeah. He's kind of <laughs> he lost it in basketball too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's kind of he's figuring it out. He took a year off. You know, he's retired. All right, let's dive into some stuff. We appreciate that story. We appreciate you too, uh, Pac-Man Jones. You're a fucking legend, Paul. Hell yeah, a fucking legend, dude. Uh, move to sticks. Let's the story of the week, I guess, when it came to the draft thing is Jalen Carter is only meeting with top ten draft pick teams or whatever the case is, and that is allegedly Drew Rosenhaus idea or his idea. How's that coming together? Should he not? Because he's like one of the first people that I recall that got arrested at the combine. Then at the pro day a couple weeks later, he didn't look his best. I mean, I assume he would think the same thing if you watch his film. Isn't there a chance he should maybe meet with a lot of people to see if somebody maybe wants to trade in to the top ten to come get him? Or is this just standard operating procedure and this is what people normally do well i I think normally when decisions like this get made it's because you have a backstop you know like there's somebody that's giving you assurances that like this is where the where the slide ends you're not getting past us um and you can trust that information now i don't know who that is but i'm guessing just by looking at all the factors involved that the philadelphia eagles having jordan davis a teammate of his having the dean a teammate of his being a team that's that's pass rush obsessed, um, you know, they picked 10. So that when I heard that he wasn't meeting teams outside of 10, I'm like, he's got a backstop somewhere uh, in the top 10. And, you know, the Eagles would be my educated guess on that one. Okay, because as soon as I saw it, I'm like, well, it just fucking, dude, like, this mm-hmm. is just a part of the deal, yeah. especially if you yeah. have an arrest. But he is a player, huh? Guy's a player? That guy is everything that he's, they crack up? There's nobody better. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best talent in the draft. Like if he's if he had a clean Dumb. process, he would he would have been my number one player. Okay, so let's talk about your number one player, and let's talk about the top uh, five picks of your draft because that's literally all we talk about mm-hmm. into a draft spectacular <laughs> night mm-hmm. when we have to learn about a lot more people. You allegedly, this is a few weeks back. I don't know if you have a new one. We might have missed it. You have Bryce Young going number one overall. You have C.J. Stroud too. Will Anderson, Anthony Richardson, Jalen Carter at five, who you just called the number one talent in the draft. Do you still stick by that at this stage, or has anything changed? And what are your thoughts on? potential movement in the draft up there yeah i mean i don't i don't do trades and mock drafts uh this early and that you know one trade kind of shakes the whole thing up uh i I think there's a if i was going to say what's most likely to happen i would say the four quarterbacks are gone in the top seven picks you know when it's all said and done i think that will levis ends up in there somewhere you know the raiders would be a team at seven um that i'd keep an eye on so you know, I think we'll see. I think there's a good chance we see a trade at three. I don't know who that team would be. I just know when you look at the Cardinals roster, it's pretty bad. Um, so they're not one player away. Damn. If if you can get resources, go back as far as you can, get as much help as you can, because they have such a long way to go. And I think you could look at, you know, just look at who's doing their work on these quarterbacks, and that tells you who the candidates are to potentially go up there and get one. Who would that be? Because I know the Colts are working out Bryce and C.J. Stroud, who are both at uh, – are they at QB Summit with Jordan, or who, where are they? Ooh. Yeah, they're they're out with Beck and those guys. Beck, sorry, uh, sir. With Tom House. I think it's uh, 3D QB uh, is. is where those yeah. guys are working out. And so the Col- is this normal? Colts just fly in there and get a workout of both of them? But that would mean they would have to trade up, right? Because everybody kind of has Bryce and C.J. going one and two, and we're sitting at four? Well, I, I think you, you obviously, if you're picking up that high, if you're picking in the top five, you're going to do your homework on, you know, any of the potential scenarios of who those guys are. So, you know, even though it's not likely that they would see one of the top two guys, you know, th- those guys are going to be willing to work out for you because of where you're picking and, uh, and go in there and get your homework done. I think that's smart, but I, I don't think they can get up to get one of those two. 
I think they're going to be fishing in the other pond where you're talking about, you know, Richardson and Levis, however you prefer those uh, those guys where they are, whether they get to three or whether they stick at four. You like Anthony Richardson over Levis. Did you see the new photos of Levis, though? Yeah. Yo. He's jock. I know. He's Yeah. Yeah. He was on Swole Patrol. I, I, I oh, would have preferred <laughs> nice. it if, if the after was the before and the before was the oh. after. Like, I'd rather have my quarterback be a little more limber, a little more loose. Um, if you kind of go through the Rolodex of the super muscled up quarterbacks, that's not a great list. So, um, you know, I think maybe a do over there. I think it shows what kind of incredible work ethic he has. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I don't, don't want to overblow it. It's not commitment be as well, but evaluation yeah, evaluation process. Yeah, a lot yeah of, but just it's yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, a lot of bad body quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of them. Lot oh of, my gosh! And also a lot of bad of body uh, shooters. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of like golfers. <laughs> you know, like anything yeah, where you gotta. Where you have to just kind of be flowing, not to. Ju- Andrew Luck was jock, though. You know what I mean? He was. Yeah, no. There's a couple, but most of them, it's what is the word? Elasticity. You want some elasticity there? Ooh. Oh, uh, you're you talking about TB12. Yeah, pliability. Pliability. You're talking about pliability. That's yeah. it. That's the word I was searching for. Like to be able to do like a backflip off the top turnbuckle. Like that's pliability there. That's what that is. Hey. Move the sticks, huh? Move the needle a little bit there, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. How about that? I hadn't big uh, time. Okay, big time. So I'll say this to you, and we don't have a lot of time with you today because you got a lot of shit going on. So it's kind of a waste of your time. But since you brought it up, it is fascinating. I had not been in a ring since SummerSlam, you know. So I'm not just walking around doing backflips. <laughs> yeah, nope. like that is that's not, not at all. That's not. A, so that was certainly. How do you inter- practice that? Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that is exactly yeah, yeah, what I'm saying. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, felt real good. Felt real good when I landed. Yep. Hey. I'm looking at that too, and like as a scout, you're always trying to like you're you can't help but you end up evaluating everything. I was looking at your footwear. I'm like, I think he's wearing like Jordans. Like, how is that? Like, that's not an easy. That's not like something that's just like stuck to your foot. Like it's like. One, one piece there. That's like a real regular shoe that you're doing all this stuff in. Yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, I don't know if Michael Jordan would appreciate the fact you said it's a real regular shoe, but <laughs> I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, I do understand what you're saying. No, but you don't have like a wrestling boot that's like, you know, a piece of your foot. Like this is like, you know, just like, you're just like the, you know, the 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 nice shoe-wearing gentleman who's out there doing incredible things. If I happened upon a nice shoe-wearing gentleman, <laughs> yeah, I would say those are some good shoes yeah. there. Sir, I understand what you're saying. I appreciate the draft evaluation. If you would like to break down that whole match and give me your thoughts, I would think that would be hilarious. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Danny, you uh, kind of got thrown in the fire yesterday because you basically said a nobody uh, reported that the Titans were going to (laughs) move up to three. Is that the case with a lot of these teams that they're going to wait and then right before the draft or even day of draft, you think that they'll move up to three? And if it is the Titans, are the Colts kind of screwed because the two other teams in the AFC South are are going after their quarterback and the Colts might miss out? I'm glad you asked me this question because I, I just hopped on social media yesterday and it was like a, like one Titans question after another. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, I literally said on our podcast with Bucky, um, we were talking about you know quarterbacks and, and you know whether the Cardinals, I think, should trade at three. And I'm like, yeah, what we just said, they stink, they should get out. And I said, in talking to a couple GMs that it can make the pro day circuit, they said, man, the Titans are doing a ton of work on these on these quarterbacks, um, like almost too much work on these quarterbacks. I wouldn't sleep oh. on them as a team that could move up. Like, so 
I, I wouldn't literally I wouldn't sleep on them as a potential team that would move up. So it gets picked up by some internet source with the quotes, and then all of a sudden it starts getting picked up everywhere else, and the quotes disappear, and then it turns into you know I'm reporting that they are actively you know trying to get to number three. Um, so it was that kind of took on a life of its own. And then I got a text from somebody in Nashville that said, "Hey, a local paper just confirmed your report." I'm like, I don't know how you confirm a report that wasn't a report, but man, maybe we stumbled upon something. Mr. Jeremiah, hey, this is the internet, bro. Uh This is just how it goes. Like, (laughs) clips get clipped, like, in half and then shared, and then that just becomes the truth, too. And it's like, all right, do I want to combat this or not? That's that's become my life, almost. It's a fun time. Lucky to be here. (laughs) But that is kind of the internet in a nutshell. But could it also be, you know, because Colts are there at four, Texans up there oh, yeah. too. So having the Titans floated that they could potentially want to get ahead of the Colts, good business from Arizona too. You know what I mean? That's not, oh. that's, that's good business from Arizona up the leverage of what that pick is because the AFC South would potentially be two through four and Colts would be dead last in that whole thing. It, and I can make a strong argument for why Tennessee should. And I think sometimes people look at these trades and they don't, they don't totally get it. And that it's not just you're trading, you know, future first round picks for one player and whatever quarterback you would get at three. You're also getting cap flexibility and cap room. So if you look at the Niners and people will say, gosh, they traded those future picks um, and they went up there and got Trey Lance. And and man, what a terrible trade. They have Trey Lance. The other team got the picks. I'm like, well, no, that that allowed them with what they've done with Trey and now with, with Purdy, that they have such a cheap quarterback room that they can go sign Javon Hargrave. So if you look at it as not just I'm, I'm getting one player, I'm getting a player in a crap ton of, of room. Because Tannehill is like 36 and a half. And if and, they took a quarterback at number three, it's it's going to be, I think, around $7 million of a cap hit. So you got all of a sudden you got $30 million bucks you can go shopping with. And Rand Carthon, you know, brand new down there. Yeah. You know, Tannehill was not yep. his quarterback that he had a vision of starting a team with and everything like that. Would be fascinating. Could be true. Could not be true. You know? Who knows? Yeah, it's draft yeah, season. You, you, you never know. Pac-Man has a question. You never know. You literally couldn't. Uh, Pac-Man has a question for you. How you doing, D? I got a yeah. two, two-part two question for you right here. Um, to me, Nolan okay. Smith, if he don't get hurt, we would be talking about him a lot more. Do you think he helped himself um, doing um, the sc- ugh, scouting combine um, with running fast and doing what he did? My second question have the prototype for cornerback changed? Because all these guys, the top 10 guys right now are all 6'1 to 6'2, 6'3. no 5'10, 5'9 guys anymore. Yeah, uh, good ones. I would say, first of all, with Nolan, I'm with you on that. He didn't get a chance to play the whole year. Uh, but you saw when you run 4'3'9 as an edge rusher and you jump 40 inches, and then you look at Hassan Reddick in basically the same body who's gone out and second in the league in sacks, there's your, you know, there's kind of your vision for what he can do and what he can be. He's a mathematist, uh, too. Be- Big brain. He's a fucking yeah, genius. And, and, and engineer. He's, yeah, he's freaking smart. He's freaking smart. And he's a great leader kid. Like, he checks all those boxes. So if he had been healthy through the process, I think he'd have been a lock as a top 10 pick. I think he's still going to go in the top 15, top 20 worst, uh, worst case scenario. And then okay. when it comes to the corners, yeah. like, to me, there's two guys in this draft that aren't prototypes you know, aren't the everything you want in terms of the size. But I think Devin Witherspoon from Illinois is the best corner in the draft, you know, who's not – he's not, I think he's sub, he's sub six foot. Um, he's like 180 pounds, so he's undersized. But I think he's the best one. And then there's a kid, Emmanuel Forbes, at Mississippi State, 
who I've never seen a guy with his body. Like he's, he's 166 pounds, um, but he's over six foot. He ran the four threes. He's got the best ball skills in the draft. So you got two guys who don't fit all those dimensions that you're looking for, but I think they're two of the best players. You would have been a slot, bub. Yeah, <laughs> Too small. This nah. guy is slot and returner. Nah, he know my resume. I play outside. <laughs> okay. That's what I do. Excuse me. You don't need Ten. to. Not inside. Ten. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Uh, pa- uh, Pat pa- pa- can play wherever the heck he wants. He actually did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he actually did. He played returner, obviously. He played wide Offense, receiver, right. running back, corner, and just oh, yeah. never safety, though. Nope. Uh, no do way. Do it. Put me on the outside. I'll handle it. Tone has the last question for you here, pal. We appreciate you. Yeah. Your guy, no your guy at number 10, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, a lot of talk about yeah. him. Yeah, Iowa Hawks, Hawk guy. Wow. Hawk well, is there worries? Like, he didn't start at Iowa. Is there like is there talk about that? Or he's just an athletic freak? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's been a question I think teams have dug into, and I've done it as well. And it turns out, I mean, Iowa, it's just a program where they're going to play the older guys. They're going to start the older guys. It's part of their culture that they do that, even though this kid was the best player on their defense. He played the majority of the snaps. He just didn't go out there with the starters because that's just kind of, you know, that's their culture of how they've done it. But the guy's not, the guy ran four five eight at like two hundred and seventy something pounds. He's got sack production. He can play inside. He can play outside. Um, you know, he's got the same body in the in tested exactly the same as Rashawn Gary. So if you're looking for somebody that kind of moves like him, that's 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 who it was. And I think Gary tore his ACL last year, but he was off to a pretty good start. And uh, you know, I think he's not there yet. Van Ness has not arrived. But you can look at all the talent that he has, and, and you can see it in the future. Who's somebody that we we haven't talked about, obviously, because we're a bunch of stooges? That's probably going to have a massive draft night and maybe pop out of nowhere. Well, I still think Bijan Robinson's the fascinating one. Um, you know, the running back from Texas, and we you know we we did it. I think when I was in there in studio, you can debate whether you should take one or not take one. The value of the position. He's my third highest rated player in the whole draft. So if you're looking for somebody to come in and have an incredible impact, not only catching it but receiving it, you know, use the comparison to Edger and James. Um, so Damn. if you got a chance to take an Edger and James and you're going to pass on them so you can take, you know, a, you know, a tackle, a corner, a, a safety, whatever else you want to take who's just a much less player, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't buy that. Even if you just say this is six years of greatness, I'll sign up for six years of that dude. Hell, yeah. That's like everybody that's like, well, what's long-term success look like for, like, Stetson Bennett or something? It's like he could play 10 years. Is that, mm-hmm. is that yeah, too that long? Works. Is, so is he – hey, that last question because we know you had to go a minute ago. Yeah. Stetson going to move up, you think? Where do we think Stetson going to go? He's a winner, right? And he's jocked and people like him? Yeah, I mean, I, everybody I talk to kind of has him in the in the mid rounds. I think it's one of those deals when everybody says he's going to go in the fourth round and they like him in the fourth round. All that means he's going to go in the third round because if you wait till the fourth round, you probably won't get him. So I think third round is probably the sweet spot for him. But yeah, I mean, if you want somebody that, that runs around, makes plays, and plays well in the biggest moments, um, that's a pretty good track record he's assembled. And we know his teammates like him. Yeah, like have a good time with him. That's a big deal for leadership. Uh, the brain thing, Bryce Young through the roof. Yeah, off the charts. You put, didn't, the charts. didn't you? You uh, the tweet I read is yes. Daniel Jeremiah accidentally leaks yeah. <laughs> that Bryce Young's the smartest player in this draft or something like that. I, I think that was a tweet I read. Is that is that accurate report or not? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that's out there and exists somewhere. Uh, I would say I would not refute that report that he's the smartest quarterback in this draft. Let's put Ooh. it that way. You're the man, hey. ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Jeremiah, you're the Yay. best. Thank you, DJ. Yay.
Thank you, DJ, former quarterback at Appalachian yeah. State. They ran the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Don't read. Yeah. Not to, uh, I mean, he can throw the ball a little bit. Yeah, he, he leads a little too much, but yeah. What's that? What? He leads his receiver a little too much, if you oh, guys yeah. remember correctly. Pac-Man, he tried to throw the ball into that net right over there with three holes in it, yeah. and he hit to the right of it five straight times. Same spot. Same, the ball turned over the exact same way. Bang. Mm -hmm. Bang. 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 Just like, like you punted. it. Boom. Bang. Yeah. Exactly. Or golf. Yeah. You know when you're hitting a little uh -huh. bit of a fade? So when you do that, yeah, what you just kinda you just kinda okay, I'm gonna turn. Just gonna turn a little bad. bit. That might have been why Daniel didn't make the NFL. Might have just a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't make it. Certainly possible. He's a great fucking conversation there yeah, about yeah, the yeah, scouting yeah. stuff. He Incredible. loves what he's doing. You know what I mean? That backstop conversation's a good one with the Philadelphia Eagles, even though he hasn't taken Van Ness, and then also he had them taking B. John Robinson potentially yeah. mm -hmm. because 10 running back, that's high, I guess, but another added weapon, Miles Sanders isn't there, the whole thing. He has Van Ness in there. I'll be, I'll be intrigued for that. Jalen Carter not visiting with anybody outside the top 10 is awesome. Yeah. Okay? I'm happy he's at a position where he feels like that is the right play. And Rosenhaus's agent, if you listen to what Ian Rappaport said, feels as if it's an okay decision too. So they got a lot of trust yeah. that he's going to go in the top ten or whatever. But, but damn, man, come just easy. But Somebody could like, trade in. It'd right. be like that. It, so let's not. I don't want people to think that it's negative. It's negative because it's not. Your agent tell tell you, hey, look, they're at eleven. I got to stop here at six. I think mine was seven. Like anything mm. after seven to eight, it was no use to go and send them. Um, so, so they I don't knew think, where you were. Yeah, I don't think it's him as a person being arrogant saying, oh, I'm not going to see nobody after nine. That ain't how it's going, I promise you. This is just the business. Yeah. Like, hey, we know, know you're going here. And if you don't, uh, there's massive problems. We've been lied to by everybody pretty much. You know, that don't really happen, though. Not when you in them top ten, you might slip one or two. Um, like Daniel said, he's the best player in the draft. Yeah, that's why. I didn't know that was the case. <laughs> no, the yeah, best player in the draft. He Because Bryce Young's being compared to, like, Steph Curry of football. Yep, like, hey, yeah. this guy's the guy. And but Bryce like, Young is nowhere near what he is. Before the uh, accident, I mean, the the when he got in trouble, mm -hmm. he was going to be the number one pick we was talking about. Yeah, because the Bears still had that pick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they were not, they already had their quarterback. Yeah, they weren't taking a QB. But it, to have him still be that way after he didn't really do anything at the combine, got arrested, and then looked like shit at the pro day, like that, that says a lot. Yeah, I think it's – he's a player, huh? He's uh -huh. a dog. Guy is a player. Guy yeah. is good at football. This is the whole be who you can afford to be type yeah. situation. Because mm -hmm. we're watching from the outside in, and obviously Georgia has had – I think 11 guys from their defense over the last two years yeah. go in, like, the first round. Ridiculous. <laughs> like, their defense has been unbelievable. Now, in the NFL, have they all transitioned? I would assume. I have no idea. I don't think I've kept up with it. But I would assume they've done well. So, Jalen Carter is just, like, almost another human in my mind. Like, oh, it's just a Georgia defensive player. Mm -hmm. you got it going. The most talented player in this draft is what Daniel Jeremiah called him. And I remember watching him fly around on tape as we were following the Georgia Bulldogs all season. But for all the shit to happen before he even gets in the league. Mm -hmm. Like, this is before the NFL money comes. This is before the NFL free time comes. This is before all that. So it's an unsettling like, almost thought to be like, this guy has a lot of, a lot of distraction mm -hmm. with him right now. Now, how unfortunate was that event that happened mm -hmm. the night of the parade? Yeah. So sad. Yeah, so ridiculously sad. 
I feel like there was probably a lot of terrible luck involved in that whole thing, where other nights it potentially goes another way. Instead, the absolute worst catastrophe takes place, and that's not only a part of his life personally with a friend and being the, in the mm-hmm. moment, but also from a legal standpoint, he got arrested mm-hmm. during the combine. Like that is had to leave, opti- had to leave, right? Take a mugshot, get. You know, some people get arrested, don't take mugshots, and then they just kind of get let <laughs> out or whatever. Yeah. The, he got in there, got arrested, got going back to the combine almost. Like it was, yeah. uh, there was a that was an interesting timing of the way it all went down. But huge distraction potentially. People could label him. Jeremiah is like best player in the draft, though. And we all know how the NFL is. Yeah. If they, like, did he do something? Did he? No. Is he? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, well, he's still good at football. He's got his future ahead of him. Hopefully this is a moment that he'll change and learn from and be more careful about everything he does because he is a representative of our team, of the NFL, and this is his profession. That's what teams are going to hope. And I guess at 10, he's good. I'll never forget preparing for game day coming in the season. They were talking about him and saying like he was the best on that Georgia defense last year, the two years ago with the one that won the national championship. And then you were at Tennessee, Georgia, I believe, and it was like his stats weren't great or whatever, and he was coming off an injury and stuff like that that i was like i'm going to pay attention to this dude all game long i think it was the first play he he sacked hand and hooker potentially for a uh for safety i think it was like it like took him one second to disrupt all of tennessee's offense and i was like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. he's the fucker. d tackle too right and that's yeah, a position yeah. that has grown mm-hmm. in importance as this game has evolved into a running game yet again in a power game with that read so the middle of your defense the core of your d line has to be great it's good timing to be a great d tackle obviously yeah. and apparently he is one of them yeah and jeremiah had him at five to seattle but it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do if he's still there because yeah. allegedly you know MCDC oh, yeah. has some interesting information on Jalen Carter, and when you look at their previous drafts, they build in the trenches, so if they pass on him, then you wonder, like, okay. We have seen people just sit there. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But I mean, Jordan a, Davis last year. He's a game changer. He's not sitting there long. He, 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 there's not has, a lot of hymns out there. Yeah, there's not. He's Hemothy, I should say. He's Hemothy. Hemothy. He remind you of that AD. Um, I, don't, I don't think his footwork as good as AD, but as far as power – Move with hands. Um, he's the real deal, bro. He he can change. He can take a defensive line that was a subpar defensive line, and you can surround him with some good rushes, and they can be one of the best defensive lines in the mm. league. If he That's goes, how good I think he is. If he, he goes could. to Philly. I yeah. Mean, yeah, exactly. That would be very on-brand for the Philadelphia great. Eagles, and it would be a perfect place for him to go to with friends, a familiar face, and Sirianni, who seemingly has a great relationship with all of his players, saying, hey, listen, what are my hobbies? I, I just do football. Mm-hmm. I would like you to try to do the same. If that would be great, let's continue to move that and win a, win a Super Bowl. They were close, obviously. Even Detroit, you pair him with Hutchinson and, and Detroit's GM, who was, was in uh, – uh, LA with the Rams, like he he obviously knows what a great D tackle can do for it. Like if you pair those two together, that's a pretty good D line there too. Yeah, and if uh, he falls to the Eagles, Ooh. Nolan Smith, they're talking about. You know, obviously the engineer we brought him up. He's best friends actually mentioned it. N'Kobe Dean, who's a linebacker at Philly, so you wonder if N'Kobe Dean maybe says, "Hey, look, I was just with both these guys. One of them I'm best friends with him. You know, he's an engineer, and the other." Is Jalen Carter, who's apparently the best player in the draft. The Eagles are sitting pretty. And yeah, Davis they're in a great. LA. They could still. I mean, who knows? They might trade back. And it, no, I think it makes sense for the Eagles with Sue leaving. You know, they lost two defensive linemen. Linval Joseph still there? Uh, I think uh, both, those are both one. Year. Year. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was all one. So year both deal. of them. That's two D tackles. And Hargrave, Hargrave, Hargrave to San Fran. Mm-hmm. So they need someone up front. Getting older. Like this just seemed like a perfect fit. 
someone, you know how it go, man. You know where you, you got a ballpark range of where you're going. So Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, as soon as he heard Rosenhaus confirmed that uh, he will not be interviewing with anybody outside the top 10, Jeremiah heard that and was like, oh, the Eagles have told him. Yeah. If you're available at 10, we're going to take it. Congrats to the Eagles, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, nice job. Jalen Carter's there. Sounds like you guys are going to get a guy allegedly. That's just what we've been told by somebody with knowledge on the situation. Yeah. He also seems like the, the kind of guy who, as we get closer to the draft, like other teams are going to bring up the character issues and Try like if he is the best smoke. player, smoke yeah, exactly. Like try to drive him as far back as they can because if he ends up going at you know eight, nine, or ten, when they're saying even in a draft where you a lot of teams need quarterbacks, and it's like no, this is the guy. Like if he had a a clean bill of everything, he would go number one. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to hear a lot of negative shit about him leading up to the draft, uh, yeah. which is status quo. Yeah. Uh, that is operas. Yeah, moda, uh, moda modus operandi. operanda. Mm-hmm. Operandi. Operandi. Depending on your accent. That happens, though, because that happened with, uh, with me before the draft. I'm like, damn, how all my whole path come up from middle school? <laughs> yeah. like, shit. And I even, this this funny story, I fucking asked uh, Antrell, like, after everything, after we got drafted and everything, I'm like, yo, man, was your agent paying people to say bad shit about me? Because that was the, mm-hmm. the word on the streets that agents pay different people that under their camp to say different things about mm. different players that's pretty much in the same ring, but again drafted or same position because they want they got to obviously go higher so they can get paid more. What did he say? He said no. He said not that he know of. Okay, there's a chance. Okay. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. Some of happens, shit, they, they were saying shit about you from eighth grade. I was wondering as well. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, hey, who the hell is finding this information? That'd be somebody smart. My agent is smart. <laughs> so I do not know. He did not tell me that is the case. But yeah, teams also saying shit, yeah. let alone agents of other players that are trying to. I mean, there's so many potential enemies here. Yeah. People that mm-hmm. want you the worst and the most are sometimes the oh, people yeah. that are saying, saying the worst, the worst, shit. Shit. The worst yeah. stuff about you to try to get you to their team. It's kind of a scumbag time of the year here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, real real scumbag time of the year. <laughs> now we're kind of projecting at it. This is, this is where all the lies come in. This is lying season. Lombo but. said it, right? Yeah. We're in the middle of lying season right now. Yeah. Who knows Who what's going Who told us that we were? A part of it. Trent Dilfer told us yeah. that we are prime Bait. suspects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, try, uh, prime Pe- candidates for people to feed us misinformation yeah. to make other people look bad. And we're like, targets. Thank you, Trent. Oh, Wait, shit. that seems like kind of a shot. Whoa, I don't know. Was Can't that a shot? Anybody. I don't know if it was, but this whole draft season's all about that. I couldn't even fathom going through it as the human being. Like, whoa, another day, woke up. Man. Yeah. Same thing. I, was, I was 14. What are, we, what are we even talking about here? It's a whole different world. What, what the Carolina coach tell CJ? Can't wait to play with you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you move to see, uh, Carolina, I wonder how many other guys he told that. I'm quite sure he told the other two quarters. Bryce Young. Yeah. Well, Josh yeah. probably leads off with, hey, man, I'm not – the, <laughs> the decision's way above yeah. my pay grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would beat your ass in basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's Josh McCown's conversation. So then his out is, when you get to Charlotte, man, we'll find a court. We'll get mm-hmm. after it. I would like to let all these young bucks know. Uh, CJ and anybody else that he potentially, Josh McCown is potentially challenging basketball when you get to Charlotte. He's a real deal. Uh-huh. This, is not a, this is not a, oh, this old white here with great, phenomenal hair. Unbelievable. Perfect. Just isn't going to have it anymore. He's windmill dunking at Celebrity Games still. Mm-hmm. Josh McCown. Well, yeah. remember CJ on this show said he, that he always talks shits to the Ohio State basketball players saying that he's better than all of them, too. <sighs> CJ. Sounds like a game to me. It does. Sounds like a great game.
Josh McCown might want to fucking watch himself, maybe, if the way it sounds like with C.J. Stroud. I don't know. I've seen Josh's highlights. He's yeah. a beast. C.J. said no defense, though, so Josh is just going to fucking blow Josh smacks the floor. Yeah. 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 I mean, what are we? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's doing the full full court press probably. Oh, yeah. Picking like. him up, yeah, right for I mean, if they're playing half court, he's fucking in his shorts. Yeah. He's rolling the line. check. Yeah. Check rolling. Mm-hmm. up. Standing like this in your face. Oh, you're trying a lot harder than me. That's what I realized when somebody does that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. You know, I hope these five shots I'm about to take fall because I'm not playing in like what you're doing right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, no chance. Once you don't, once you give the ball up, you're fucked. Yeah. You know, when the other guy uh-huh. gets the ball, yep. he's giving so much more effort. All of a sudden, we've played. Oh, we're playing defense for five minutes. Nice. It's a lot of fun. Who's trying this hard? Josh McCown is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some other stuff going on before we uh, wrap up hour one here. The Bryce Young, uh, smartest guy in the draft thing with him mm-hmm. that was accidentally leaked, allegedly, from the internet report. He said, I will confirm that that is true, and I'm sure you saw that I accidentally leaked it. Bryce Young, I guess, is a mastermind when it comes to football. Any team would be happy to get him. Maybe the Colts, you know, because he is 5'10". Maybe. Maybe the Colts. The Ravens have officially offered Odell Beckham Jr. a contract, uh, allegedly. Okay. Okay? This is allegedly via the internet. Schefter. Okay, so Schefter says that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, or Odell Beckham Jr., even without Lamar Jackson's situation being handled, have met, talked, and they have made him an offer. Here's Schefter yesterday, I believe, on NFL Live, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The Baltimore Ravens have met with Odell Beckham Jr. They've presented him their own offer. We'll see which Odell Beckham Jr. finds more interesting. But it certainly sounds like it's the Jets, it's the Ravens, maybe the Rams still would have an interest. But those, at this point in time, would be the obvious landing spots for Odell Beckham Jr. in what has been one of the longest free agent recruitments that we've ever seen. Shout out to Shefty and the NFL Live crew over there. I assume we'll get a strike for that, as well as the NCAA guy putting his chin on Jim Nance's shoulder last <laughs> night that we had to show. That's right. Odell Beckham Jr. going to the Ravens would be an interesting turn to this entire Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens story. Now, he says that they made an offer. He has not agreed to it, so nothing is set in stone. I would assume Odell Beckham Jr. would like to know who his quarterback is going to be before he makes a decision to return to the NFL, because the last time we saw him play, he was fucking great. Not yeah. just Ballin'. not just good. He was great. Long time ago, obviously, like 14, 15 months, whatever it is, he seems to be completely healthy. We saw Prince of Makamura's video from his workout in Arizona. He looked great, snagged yeah. a ball. A team is going to want him and be lucky to have him. They were initially reporting that he wanted $20 million, Then he wanted $15 million. He said, I just wasn't going to take $3 million. So we don't know what the actual number is, but Baltimore being in the game is fascinating. Kind of changes the convo there with Lamar and the Ravens. Does it or no? What do you think here, Peck? Um... I don't think that changes Lamar business. Lamar business is Lamar business. I don't think Odell make a decision until Lamar figures out what he's going to do. Or I don't know, man, because you got to make these decisions quick. Odell need to be somewhere where he could be in OTAs, getting rhythm, um, getting pushed around, coming off the surgery. <sighs> I still like Jets for, for OBJ. Yeah, I think, I I think like OBJ I, likes the Jets as well. And I think, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who is – Currently, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, yep. and has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Pete Schrager floated out what a potential deal could look like. And remember, Schrager's pretty tight with the New York Jets operation. His mm-hmm. return to Good Morning Football has been good for all of us. Congrats on a kid, Schrager. Yeah, Schrager. I think he said. Uh, I think he, I think the tweet that I read was Jets or Packers fans. Would you be happy with a 
a second rounder and a fourth rounder, I believe. Conditional second next year. And a conditional Mm -hmm. second next year for Aaron Rodgers. So I think that is maybe – Schrags has good sources. Yes. Schrags has very good sources. That feels like that might be in the ballpark. But let's assume that deal gets done. Packers fans are pissed with the compensation. They, you know – have to admit that they didn't have any leverage, which is what I got murdered for. And there's move on to Jordan Love, who we hope is fucking great. But Aaron Rodgers said, who wouldn't want to play with Odell Beckham Mm -hmm. Jr.? And I think in the past, Aaron has told us previous seasons, he's tight with Odell Beckham Jr. They know each other very well. They're appreciative of each other. And if you're Odell, Aaron, uh, the Jets seem to be going all in to try to win. Big time. That's what Odell Beckham wants to be a part of. Are the Ravens doing the same? Uh, I don't know. Are the Rams doing the same? Definitely not. Uh, I don't know. The Jets do feel like the best home for Odell Beckham Jr., but it's all going to be about the offer and the money and who offers what? Yeah, it yeah. seemed like it's been the Jets or Bus from the get-go. He wants to play with Rodgers, I think. Rodgers wants to play with him. Not that he wouldn't play with Lamar, but he also loves New York. He loves like the big city. You know, he's comfortable there. And I think deep down, like Odell more than anything, like yeah, he wants to get paid, but he wants to win. And I think you look at the Jets, what they've put together whenever this Rodgers thing goes through and they get him, like I still think they give you a better chance to win a Super Bowl than the Ravens do even with Lamar at quarterback. Yeah, and for any if anything with this Odell news, it's almost like this helps the Packers because now the Packers can tell the Jets like, hey, you're about to lose OBJ. OBJ is going to sign with the Ravens. No, he's not. Nah, well, nah. Rapshi just told us yesterday that uh, Lamar and the Ravens are talking right now on a contract. He said, yeah. Well, he said there's a chance. He didn't say that they were. I thought he said they were negotiating. Yeah, he said there was a chance that the Ravens and OB or, and Lamar work it out, which was breaking news because the way Lamar's letter to his fans read yeah. was like he's not going back. We thought that bridge had burned. So if Lamar gets a deal done with the Ravens, then is OBJ immediately going to Baltimore? Is that kind of a thought, I guess, that the Packers could say to the New York Jets? And do the Jets care? You know, we got Garrett Wilson. We we can bring in other people. OBJ is great. Mm -hmm. Would be fantastic for us. Draft someone at 13. Yeah, so I I think the Jets could combat that from a leverage standpoint. But I think OBJ is going to wait and see what's going on with Aaron at the Jets. Going to see what's going on with Lamar at Baltimore. But Lamar and Baltimore with that Ian Rappaport news yesterday that they might get a deal done. That was, I think, breaking almost out of Ian's mouth out of his basement. Yeah, but without Lamar being figured out, I mean, I wrote OBJ's name on his paper and a signature line, that carries about as much weight as that offer from the Ravens does. Like, right. What the fuck? It's true. <laughs> totally agree. Thank you for drawing up that contract. Yeah, Not easy to right do. Here. Contracts OBJ. are tough. And we, With signature line. We got to wait and see what hey, hey, Rodgers is going to do. Like, the Jets cannot offer nobody else until they get Rodgers done. Yeah, yeah, they got to get his contract restructured too, yeah, I believe, yeah, which yeah. is going to take place so they can figure out the salary cap. But you have Aaron Rodgers on the team, you know, there's a lot of vets out there at a lot of positions that are ring chasing. People used to ring chase all the time in New England. Mm-hmm. Then they started mm-hmm. ring chasing down to Tampa. Then they started ring chasing out to L.A. Now people are starting to ring chase out to Kansas City. The Jets could become a ring yeah. chasing destination, which I'm sure the Jets fans had no clue that their team could ever become. <laughs> congrats to them. And congrats to everybody hopefully getting a deal done. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Speaking of the Jets and their fans, Mike Greenberg will join us in about an Ooh, hour and green. five minutes to chit chat about his new book, which I believe is out now. Um, Got Your Number mm-hmm. is the name of it with Mike Greenberg and Hembo. I actually am uh, published in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Top billing. Yeah, I say, listen, these stories are spectacular. Mm -hmm. Not a lie. 
Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Spot on. That's right. If Greeny's writing, it's going to be great. Yeah. He's been a New York Times bestseller before. Now it is available again. We'll talk to him in about an hour and five minutes about, you know, becoming an author yet again. Let's go. Yeah. Congrats to Greeny, How's man. Not easy to get that type of shit done. Him and Hembo should be incredibly proud and happy. We'll ask him about being a Jets fan and also the heart scare he had. Yeah. yeah. I guess that kind of came out of nowhere for That's us. I wonder what it was like behind the scenes. Had a heart surgery like two weeks ago. Yeah. And he was off work. I sent a text like, hey, where the fuck are you, yeah, dude? Yeah, what the hell, prick? And he's like, oh, sorry, I had a heart attack. McAfee, I'm in the hospital. Jesus Christ. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk, he yeah. said. One point I, I texted him. I'm like, can I call you and like wish you well? He's like, not allowed to really talk or anything. I'm like, damn. Yeah, this was a real this is a real deal. No joke. He looks great. But he came yeah. back punching. He did. Oh, yeah. Came back punching. We got the chance to see him on the TV. He looked really good. Looks good. He's glowing. Yeah, Greedy, yeah. you're glowing. <laughs> Now from an attic in Ohio. This guy. His main is a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion, what? COVID survivor, and a father of 10. The all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, A.J. Hall. Yeah, A.J., what's up, buddy? What's been happening so far? Just a bunch of bullshit. Old buddy was in the clouds so long, we had yeah. to bring him back down. Yeah. Pac-Man, Pac-Man was, was up in the lab. We had to do one like of these. Yeah. Like you had to pull Mitt down every once exactly. in a while. It's yeah. happened to a few different people we've had to bring back down yeah. to earth. Pew, pew, pew. We got him down there. Explosive <laughs> shots. Yes. I mean, it was all out there. Uh, AJ, we had a conversation with Daniel Jeremiah. He talked about Jalen Carter in the reports that came out yesterday that he and Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, are only visiting top 10 teams in the draft pick choice line, and there are nobody else. And after... What happened at the Combine with Jalen Carter, where he literally got arrested in the middle of it for a situation that's incredibly sad back in Athens, Georgia. And then, obviously, at the Pro Day where, I mean, I've seen a lot of D-linemen go around bags. That was some of the worst I've ever seen. I think the internet, who doesn't have to have, like, a keen scouting football eye, could look at that and go, like, that does not look Uh great. Daniel Jeremiah told us that there's probably a backstop somewhere. So if they said outside the top ten, that means the Eagles have probably said, if Jalen Carter's available, we will take him. Daniel Jeremiah also said he's the most talented player in the draft. You obviously want number five overall, this guy. Five overall in the draft, so you know this process very well. What do you think about Jalen, his situation, and him going to the Eagles potentially is kind of what it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, you think about him on the Eagles. The, the dude is so – they use the term with him, what, twitchy, don't they? And especially for an interior D lineman to be twitchy like that and have multiple pass rush moves and be a, such a disruptor, that's that's what it is. But I, are people more worried about, I guess, whatever whatever's going on off the field or are they more worried about when he showed up to pro day and he was a little bit heavier and didn't look good and couldn't finish that's what i would be worried about so i think all of it right this is like whenever you see somebody run a sprint and they don't touch the line it's not about the inch that you miss there it's about if you're willing to not touch the line what else are you willing yep. you know to not do to not do like it's an indicator almost i think is what people who are looking for downfalls of somebody after they have a bad one it's like Oh, could we have seen the red flags people ask in the future? And then leading into it, some people go, well, if he's not doing that, is he doing this? Is he doing this? Is he doing this? Like, it's hard not to kind of get in that trap. But Daniel Jeremiah said the guy's too fucking good at football. Any coaching staff is going to think that they could lead him to be the best version of himself. Pac-Man talked about this guy just being a fucking dog out there. But hearing Move the Sticks talk about it was fascinating as well. Yeah, um, AJ, I just basically, amen, everything you said, man. Once you turn on the film, you see him side to side the way he move around. Of course, we know at the combine, and the, uh, he was overweight, didn't perform pretty good. But when you turn on the tape, he is fucking unblockable. He's unstoppable. So I, I don't even think the, the offseason, I mean, but offseason stuff is going to bother him because if you look at the tape, it's nobody that you can find that you can pair on the defensive side of the ball 
that's a game changer like him. AJ, did you know you're going to the Packers? How'd that whole thing go? No, I did not really know. They they didn't bring me in for a visit like uh, other teams did and all that stuff. They kind of kept it quiet. Ted Thompson was the GM back then. He he kept everything kind of to himself. I don't think a whole lot of people ever knew. But okay, Saints. I called him Ted Turner. What, what's that? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was about to say the Saints were about to take him at two, so AJ could have been, you know, five might have been his backstop. So did you take visits to who all – how did that work? You know, because it's top 30 yeah. visits, right? You get yeah. – teams get to give out top 30 visits. They're top 30 prospects they're allowed to bring in. Now, the Packers didn't bring AJ in. They took him at five. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of bullshit going on with these top 30 visits as well because they're all being reported publicly, and you want teams to know who you're interested in, not know who you're interested in. It's a big game of poker. It's crazy game of poker uh-huh. going on right now. That's happening right now, though. I think that's an Ohio band. I'm not sure if oh, yeah. they are. Ohio State, yeah, yeah, they performed at uh, Ryan Hawk's event with Bob Carpenter. Yeah, Bob Carpenter. Yeah, Mark did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Acapella with yeah. the yeah. Yeah. OARs who we're talking about. Shout out, throwback. But it is like kind of all deceptive right now. Did you take any visits or were you – how'd that whole thing go with you? Yeah, I took visits. Uh, I don't know, maybe five or six. Like I went to San Francisco. I went to Detroit. Uh, Tennessee. Um, uh, Tennessee. Jeff Fisher. I uh, saw him. But the Raiders actually tried – so I was still in school at the time too, so I had to work it out around my schedule. I was taking finals, all this stuff. Uh, sure. And – at the very last second, right before, uh, like the weekend before, the last date you could take a trip, uh, it was it was Easter weekend, I believe. I think the Raiders wanted me to come out, and I declined. I was like, no, nah, I'm done taking visits. <laughs> he has risen, bro. Okay. Yeah. So I am done. Mm-hmm. I am It's not- Easter coming up. I knew, like, hey, this is my last visit. I'm still in class, all this. We'll go home for Easter. And they tried to get me out there, like a quick thing. And I didn't have a feeling like they were going to take me anyway. So with my agent, it was like, hey, it's up to you, like – Whatever, I'm like, all right, I'm cool. I'll stay here. Would be hilarious. What number was the Ravens that year? What, what number did they pick? Raiders, maybe seven, I believe. I don't know. Uh, so he knew. Could you imagine? That'd be big news. Oh, AJ Hawk yeah. doesn't, yeah. like right now. It wasn't even like that. Huge. It was like they came in Huge the last minute. news. Those yeah. things AJ were normally Hawk, scheduled earlier. AJ Hawk, they came in even Ohio fuck, too arrogant <laughs> to go to number seven <laughs> overall picks team. Like that's how some I don't people, know what pick they were. I'm guessing. I don't know what pick. Thinks he's going top five. But that could be spun that way in modern media. It wasn't because that at all it wasn't like jesus i, I met know, with them yeah. at the combine too i didn't feel like they oh, Lord. had a good feel to, they didn't want me to bring me in anyway like it wasn't like a thing like oh i don't want to mess up any goodwill i don't know what it was about really okay so i'm excited to hear where jalen carter i guess that's another storyline of the draft mm-hmm. definitely yeah. you know we're all talking about number four overall pick and what's going to happen with yeah. three mm-hmm. and everything like that How is seattle going to move up maybe even though they signed gino are they going to want to get in the quarterback game is tennessee going what will indianapolis do what does the future look like for the raiders they signed jimmy g are they going to take another quarterback daniel jeremiah said four quarterbacks top seven yeah. he thinks the raiders would take Ooh. a quarterback if a quarterback's available if you listen to how he laid that uh-huh. out and said he doesn't want to project uh project trades now it's like jalen carter b john robinson we're starting to get these storylines. Look at us. Here we go. Hey, draft spectacular. Come on. We have some hilarious surprises for draft spectacular night, AJ. <laughs> Can you say it? Well, they're surprises. So Yeah, there you go. All right. AJ? Way to put that Give together. us a hint. Give us one hint. I want to let everybody know that we have explored the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Space will be used. The space will okay. be explored with what is available. What can we do for the draft spectacular? Because... I mean, last year, I guess, was a little bit quicker. This year should be as well because there's only 31 picks. The Miami Dolphins don't have a pick. But that thing could turn into a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour affair. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, like, what yeah. would keep us entertained? COVID, you know what I mean? COVID year, it was like six hours. 
And we were in. Remember, we were in Tampa, and we, uh, we in a missed, living room, and we missed the boat on being able to order food. Yeah, and we didn't That's eat right. before the draft, so that was tough. Oh yeah, that was a hell of a day for our program. Aaron Rodgers' news was that morning. It was uh-huh. Adam Lance. Schefter, yeah. yeah, and then Trey Lance. Yep. Mac Jones ain't going three. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones ain't going three. Aaron Rodgers news. The live seat geek thing where you kind of just on the show. We're like, yeah, should we, you know, maybe. Negotiate in an ad deal <laughs> yeah. live. Yeah. Isn't there a Seahawks-Russell Wilson saga also? And it was right in the middle of a living room in Tampa Bay. Yeah. That Antonio Brown would move into. That's right. <laughs> just a few months later. Mm-hmm. And move out. Yeah. A and few years yeah. later. Yeah, we Will it pay, paid first three months rent for him. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, we kind of got bamboozled <laughs> yeah. in that whole thing. They really took advantage of us. But yeah. a lot of people are going down to Florida in the middle of that COVID, so it was hard yeah. to get a house. Yeah. It was hard to get a house down there. We had to get a house just for months straight just so we could use it on two days. That's mm-hmm. right. Good AB times. had very fast internet, by the way, too. What's that? It AB did. had very fast internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we paid for that as well. TVs work. Paid for that as well. Yeah, it was worth it. They're worth it. It was. Yeah, draft it was. Spectacular. Yeah. That's right. Cool pool. 27th? Is that when the Draft Spectacular is this year? Yep. I so. Hey, AJ, you're going to be pumped about these surprises as well, Pop. Are you coming over <laughs> yeah. for it or are you staying over there? I don't know. I'd have to be there till like midnight. I got to see what's going on the next morning. You're going to want to be here for it, okay? Don't be an idiot here. Come for <laughs> it. <laughs> That's real. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the things that are going to happen here. What are you getting like a, you putting a slip and slide in there? What are you doing? Maybe, Way Maybe. Better. We don't know. Maybe. We don't know. I just know we're hiring humans to Uh-oh. do their thing here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chris say. Angel. Maybe. I don't know. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Look, don't um, bury the lead. From FAU. We know that he's coming. Find another top. university carrot top. Mm-hmm. Just know that, you know. Oh. We have a lot of room for activities. Yeah, right. Denardo's like uh, relatives, maybe. Wow, well, we did see. Yeah. Funny you should mention uh-huh. that. Yeah. Oh no, he looks like a great kid. Just wait. Rest in peace, Joe. Love you, Joe. What if we did have Donardo's grandkid fucking on a Doppler in the middle of the... Yeah. Oh, oh, or like a hologram of Donardo telling us the weather. That'd be amazing. Rest in peace, Joe. Miss you, Joe. Oh, miss you, Joe. Yeah. Hell yeah, Joe. Thank you for your gone service. Gone too soon. Thank you, Joe. He Josh, was gone too soon. Gosh darn right. <laughs> Gotta live till he's 88. We needed him to be 188. Yeah. So we can know a little bit more about what's going on outside. 70 degrees and a little overcast today here in Indy. Yeah. Does feel like spring has sprung potentially. Oh, yeah. This is primetime NATO weather. What's your deal? There's it is. A, it's supposed to get tonight, yeah, yeah. very bad tonight again. Dude, there's 100-mile-an-hour oh, winds really? on Friday. Like A lot of towns in Indiana got a lot of... We hope everybody's okay. It sounds like Mother yeah. Nature's being a real bitch these days. Yeah. And I'm not doing that as like... No, no, no. That was bad. Bitch. Yeah. Like, it is. Real. It's been real bad across a lot of places. So, I mean, there's nothing any of us can do. You, you better go safe. get in your bathtub and put a mattress over top of it in the basement. Is that well, what you're doing? As long as you have a mask on, too, you yeah. know, just uh, just in case the whole thing Which works. we know you won't. Either. Yeah, because you're fucking way too smart. Wait, I'm going to wear a mask in my basement yeah. while I'm sheltering from a tornado? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear about what COVID does during tornadoes? Guess what? It spreads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? COVID-nado. Wow. That's I'm surprised call. that hasn't Scary. happened yet. It has. Scary. It's like Sharknado, but Major with COVID. I mean... Know about it. We need to wear masks. If tornadoes are coming around. Let's yeah. go ahead and remain socially distant from the tornadoes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And let's put masks on. Statistically mm-hmm. speaking, uh, I ain't person, doing that. a person has a better chance of dying uh, by catching COVID from you if you don't have a mask on If in your house. If they fell through your roof and got COVID from that, then f- actually falling f- through the roof. All right. We do not what? know if that's accurate. <laughs> we don't know if those are accurate numbers. 
Tone is just reading a couple internet reports and putting his own math and yeah, spin on it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, we don't know if he's run the stats or not, but I mean, could be true. The internet is a wild. I place. think Guppy's got his mask on right now up there in Canada. Yeah, Gump is always trying. That's what I heard. Well, Canada's- I FaceTime a lot, and he, I always see his beard sticking out the bottom. It looks. Weird. Yep. Well, that means the mask ain't working. He needs to put a gas mask on if he really wants to protect some people. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bring back masks was trending in Canada yesterday. Yeah. Good luck up there, Gump. Yeah. Gump luck, started Gump. it. Yeah, he did. Gumpy started it. Yeah, started the charge. I didn't see it. Fucking on. Trudeau, make us put our mask back on. That's what he said. He, uh, Gumpy, what, I didn't know you flipped that way. All right, let's move along. Some people, you know, uh, I think we're at the point, which is good, and I've talked about this a couple times, where there's still people wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Once again, we would like to know what they know that we don't know because I would like to know what the fuck they think. And what they know, that they think they can't breathe the same air that I'm breathing whenever I see them wearing a mask. I would like to know what they know, because that would be a good piece of information for me. Also, happy that it feels like masked people talking to unmasked people. Yeah. You know, like, let's put our swords down, almost. That's a good thing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, respect both ways. That's what we need, right? It was cool. Yeah, it really, it was like, uh, I saw it a lot out whenever I was out there in the public. I was like... Hey, yeah, this is public, good. like everyone seems to be coming together now and getting along really well these days, like in America, don't they? I don't know what you're trying to say. Don't be a uh, horse's ass. I don't know Come what on. you're trying it's to just say. Just everywhere, it seems like. I don't know. But as my interactions that I had when I've been out in the public, yeah, yeah, talking to me as if I'm normal human, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. I enjoy that because normally it was like a, you're killing people. You're a terrible, terrible person. human being. Yeah. And then on the other side, normally the non-mass humans to the mass people say think terrible things yeah. as well. You're a fucking. So mark. there's never any, you know, kind of. But from my experience, what I seen out in the public, I feel like people are coming together. Yeah, common ground. Let's go. Hey, this yeah. is good news. Yeah. yeah, this is good news. We're happy about it. So, Tone, keep your fucking false stats to yourself. Shut mm-hmm. your mouth. Okay, because the world's starting to get yeah. along. It feels they like. weren't. Yeah, some guy I saw went through a roof and he survived, but he caught COVID from the family inside and then he unfortunately passed away from it. Well, rest in peace to that gentleman. That sounds like a yeah. terrible way yeah. to go out. Yeah, yeah. it does. Flying yeah. through a roof. Yeah, he probably cool. died going through the roof, though. No, no. No. <laughs> Pac, you don't Pac, know that. Man. You do not know. We do not know. We do not. We are not diving into this. No. No, no, no. Uh, a question from Pac, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Darius Butler was supposed to join us about four minutes ago. We are having FaceTime connection issues. Hope it is not a storm issue. Hopefully it is just a tech issue and we'll be able to plug it back in. A lot of fill been happening since when Darius was supposed to be on. Now let's dive into an actual news story. If Darius gets on, which we hope so, he would just jump right in. Odell Beckham Jr. allegedly offered a contract by the Baltimore Ravens. They do not have everything figured out with Lamar Jackson just yet, AJ. But Ian Rapport said yesterday there's a chance they get a deal done still. Ravens and Lamar, even though the letter to the fans from Lamar Jackson sounded like that conversation is probably... Sailed. That ship is gone. What are your thoughts on OBJ getting offered an opportunity to go play for the Ravens? And also, the Ravens may be investing in a weapon. That sounds like a big deal. First time ever? Yeah, if they did offer him a contract, I'm sure it feels good for Odell to get something on paper that he can look at. But also, I would assume he instantly is in contact with Lamar saying, hey, man, what's the deal? Like, There's no chance I'm even going to... Talk to these guys further, probably, if I don't know if you're coming back or not. So listen to what the Ravens allegedly have tried to do. They make an offer to Odell Beckham Jr. 
Allegedly. Via yep. Schefter. Yeah. Schefter fucking knows everybody. Let's assume that Schefter's right. Setting on NFL Live, that's our NFL show. A lot of people from the NFL watching that show wanting everybody to know that they did that. They also tried to get Darius Slay. Did you hear about this? Darius Slay has confirmed a report that he was this close to ended up with the Ravens. Ultimately, in the end, the Eagles didn't want him to leave their building or trade him, so they get an extension done to pay Darius Slay again. He remains in the back of a very stacked Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah. Here's him addressing and the Ravens uh, rumors and you know shout out to Ravens fans learning a lot about what their team's at least trying to do to build up some weaponry in a squad around Lamar if they're able to get Lamar back this close oh a Baltimore Raven I was this close <laughs> this close but you know I wanted to be Eagle I stayed an Eagle because I know me and Howard's gonna figure something out but the Baltimore Ravens was the first team that called and they they offered just what I wanted and I just said, hey, the Eagles do that, I'm going to stay an Eagle. So it was it was nice now, man. I almost, almost was a Raven. I was almost a different bird. Okay, so almost a different bird for mm-hmm. big play Slay yeah. there. Love that he has a neon light over the left shoulder. And also his setup, it sounds spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Darius Slay. This feels like the Ravens story now, if we go back. T.Y. Hilton, former Colt. Uh, he played for the Cowboys this past season. Before he signed with the Colts two years ago, he said, ah, the Ravens. We're, we're almost the Ravens. I think Juju Smith-Schuster, yep. before yeah. he signed with the Chiefs, ah, almost the Ravens. And then now you're hearing Darius Slay, big play Slay. Uh, almost the Ravens. And then Odell Beckham Jr. here, whenever he signs somewhere, if it's not the Ravens, we'll probably say almost the Ravens. Uh-huh. It is a, it's almost like, uh, I think Harbaugh's probably saying that to Lamar, you know, like, hey, we are trying our absolute best for one reason or another. Is it business? They're not able to get figured <laughs> out. And does that mean that there's zero chance that they figure out to Lamar Jackson? Or is it the situation as a whole over there? I think that's what we're all asking ourselves now. Yeah, and who, I guess, who is holding things up? What is the problem there? And it, with Slay, would if they had already extended Lamar and it looked like he was going to be back, would Slay have jumped on that offer right away? Possibly. I'm sure he looked at it a little, little harder. Same thing with Lamar Odell. Yeah. Was set. yeah. Now with Odell, too, that's what I'm saying. Like, nothing. Why would a receiver sign there right now with the Lamar in limbo? We don't know what's happening. Slay's still a guy in the back end. He's a dog. Yeah. Yes. He done played unbelievable. Last year, he was one of the top 10 corners. He was in my top 10. But I'm tired of this almost shit. We keep hearing almost, almost. Get Lamar fucking done, bro. That's what we want to hear about the Ravens. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> want you to take care of Lamar first. We don't care if you sign OBJ. That is not even a fucking topic right now. Oh, we want to sign OBJ and... We want to know what you want to do with Lamar. I think Lamar is the thing that has to get figured out. Yes. Is this all the Ravens trying to prove to Lamar that they're trying to become a team that could potentially go on a run? Because with the lack of weapons and everything they got going on over there, it has been strictly the Lamar Jackson show. Joining us now is a man who nine years out of a corner, nickel, and safety. Drafted in the second round to go to the New England Patriots, end up with the Carolina Panthers and the Indianapolis Colts. Massive brain, host of Everything DB and the Man to Man podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah! What up, fellas? Hey, we'll talk about UConn getting back into sports relevancy, huh, here in a bit. But let's wrap up. That's normal. We used to it. No big deal. (laughs) Not really. Not really. That is not the case. Oh, it's fifth one. 11 for the women. It's what we do. It's a basketball school. Okay, we had a good run football. It's a basketball school. We used to it. We can talk about whatever. You're right, Fifth one since 95. You and I were eight years old you know, then. Blue blood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, shout out to you. Hey, shout let's out to you. We'll talk more about that later because obviously the city's burning down, but let's talk about a city burning <laughs> down and the fans.
fans being very disappointed in their team. Sounds like Baltimore has been in play for everybody, and they're not able to get the deal done. What do you think it is, Darius, behind the scenes that's figuring it all out? The obvious answer is, like, just take care of Lamar, and then people will yeah. ring chasing to Baltimore. But it's almost, 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 it feels like, with everybody. Yeah, I'm right there with, I'm right there with Pat. Uh, forget the almost shit. Take care of the big domino. You know, you got to lock up Lamar. And uh, receivers, other players, Slay, all these guys aren't going to pull that trigger unless you got that quarterback position sewn up, especially players that are in that second, third contract. Like, they're trying to go somewhere and win, play good ball, lock up Lamar. Obviously, Lamar demanded the trade, asked for a trade. I felt like he should have did it the day they hired this uh, this new OC who's been back and forth from college. I know he's done some great things in Georgia, but uh, I think Greg Roman and that offensive system has held Lamar back. And, and has uh, lessened his value across the league because a lot of a lot of players, all the players know he's great. All the fans know Lamar is great, but it's kind of split when it comes to like GMs, owners, and people like that who are really making a decision. I think a lot of that is because of that system he's been playing in. You're down in South Florida, and obviously Lamar Jackson yep. Entertainment I seven seven five is down there, and we have yet to see the video. Right, right, still not out. I like what he's doing. This is like when people say, hey, album's coming next week, and then two months later the album comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you can kind of build up the hype. Plus. What are you hearing out of Lamar Jackson's camp, and what are your thoughts on Lamar? Do we know anything at this point of what he's commanding, demanding, or expecting from anybody? And wouldn't that be a nice piece of information for the world to have, potentially, Darius? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, and I've been saying it. Obviously, you got to respect the man to do do things how he wants to do it. But, um, you know, this is it's the agent. It's where the agent what I think will come in and move things forward or put out a long-ass press release like Collars did and then get them paid and things like that. But you hear reports about, obviously, Schefter dropped the 133. I think I was there when that came out. Um, then you saw a report saying that, no, nah, he doesn't want the fully guaranteed T contract, but he does want more than 230 fully guaranteed. And um, I think that Deshaun uh, Watson, I think that contract, that 230 fully guaranteed is going to remain an outlier, even when Burrow and Herbert and these guys get paid. I don't think any of the owners uh, kind of give on that at this point. But uh, so we don't know. It's been a lot of he say, uh, she say, um, uh, she say. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> Lamar doesn't have an agent. He's been keep playing things close to the vest. He, he made this trade request back in early March, and we're just hearing about it now. So hopefully they get it all figured out up there in Baltimore. They've been a I feel like since they came into the league, they've been a, a, a great program. They've had great culture. And you kind of saw some cracks in that last year. You saw players talking out, speaking out against, you know, this or that. And you you don't really see that with Baltimore. Um, so I hate to see that. So I hope they get them uh, figured out. With eight. If not, shit, we'll take them over there in Indy. Hell yeah. We'll take them down here in Miami. No, no. There's a lot of uh, organizations that should uh, be lining up for this guy. Good, AJ. Hey, D, but I saw, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of Will Levis and how jacked the dude is <laughs> and how good he looks and people's opinion on jack quarterbacks and their success in the nfl what do you think about that what do you think if uh, say the colts want to take a shot on levis Ooh. whoa whoa no. whoa whoa whoa! hell no <laughs> i'll be honest and, and honestly i hate doing the, the pre-draft thing because i don't want to be the guy who you know fucks up somebody's money right i want people to get paid i want people to go as high as possible but speaking as a colts fan being somebody who's watching the film uh no i, I wouldn't do it uh does he have a strong arm yes He's Jack. Yeah, he's probably going to look good in the uniform. But watching the film, just so inconsistent, you know, with, with the throws, with the the, uh, the reads. And then when plays break down, which they do a lot, especially if you're going to be getting drafted that high, you would assume you have to make a lot of, you know, second reaction plays. Bryce Young uh, is great at that. C.J. Stroud, we saw it firsthand, boots on the ground in the playoffs. He's great at that, a lot better than even I thought. Um, Anthony Richardson, you would expect that he'll be great at that, at least early in his career, and he'll continue to develop. 
Will Levis, you don't really see it. You see the strong arm. You do see it. strong arm, compact release. Um, he would have to be coached to be a pocket quarterback. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. No chance, no way. I would try to trade that fourth pick before I uh, went Will Levis, uh, 1,000% if I'm the coach. So Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson's three after watching the film in your eyes, clear? Yeah. I think it's clear cut, clear cut. He's ahead of, um, ahead of Levis. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Hooker went ahead of Levis, but, um, you know, Whoa. I did see the 33rd team put out something a couple of weeks ago that had Levis as their number one quarterback, which, uh-huh. which completely shocked me. So, um, those guys obviously been around it and made a lot of decisions a lot longer than I have. So, um, but I, I just don't see it on the film. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people love, love them, but I, I, I absolutely don't. We love Hendon Hooker. Yeah. He's yeah. fucking large. Yeah, big yeah. son of a bitch. He's a large gentleman. He also beat Bama. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is something to think about. They put up numbers, and their offense had option routes for the wide receivers. So you would think yep. he would be able to adapt to the NFL game. And before he had his surgery, he was moved. He could move. Yeah. Huge. It's two times. And we think, you know, modern medicine, I mean, we expect him to be pretty close to that same player, you know, athletically. It's not like he's, a, you know, Anthony Richardson. But, I, I mean, I like Hooker. I, w- I, would, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round. I think he's a first-round talent quarterback. I think only a year younger uh, than Lamar Jackson. Uh, but I'd definitely take Hooker even uh, before Levis. But, once again, I- I've been wrong with some of these. Like, I didn't see it with Daniel Jones coming out when he got drafted where he did. He, he just got paid again, so he's doing something right. So it's not like, you know, it's a crap shooting this draft. That's every single pick. A first, yep. round, a first pick overall could be a guy. Pick 222 could be a guy. Oh, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant could be a guy. Mm-hmm. And you have Fact. no fucking clue in between. You have no idea what money, time, and pressure is going to do to somebody. And uh, you just got to hope you can Coaches it. too, man. Obviously, the coaching is important in the oh. room. Shit. The room you go into. Well, situation, I mean – that's why Carolina signing Andy Dalton is such a massive deal for the quarterback because Andy Good Dalton, move. Josh, Andy Dalton, Josh McCown, and Frank Reich—that's like actually fifty years of backup quarterback play around yeah. whoever the rookie quarterback that's coming in feels like they're on a mission to have great success at the quarterback position. But that could fucking fall. Out. Injury could uh-huh. come out of nowhere. Literally, yeah. in an injury to a offensive lineman could change everything for the quarterback for the rest of their career because of how the offense is supposed to go. The NFL is impossible to predict. I What you just said about Will, though, is a little bit alarming Maybe. because I think they were starting to put him at the Colts yeah. on all these mock drafts. We shall see. Pac-Man has something for you, D-Bud. What's up, D-Bud? What's happening, Pac? Hey, bro, with all these offseason um, transitions, not too many in the def- defensive back room besides um, our board going down to Miami. With that being said yeah. – What's your what's your two top groups? I'm of course um, the Eagles are in it. They got their same group back. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll leave them where they at. Um. I think Gilmore leaving Indy is a big uh, hurt right. for Indy. Okay. And, let's just move. Um, as far as the leadership, there's no reason yeah. for you to bring that up. Indy sucks. Doesn't. Know. And everybody, they, oh, I just heard oh, Slade say he almost went to Baltimore. Both of their corners still there. So I was just sitting here thinking maybe guys are going to get. In Three really good corners now because I like it. They throwing the ball ninety percent of the time. So my question was, first question was, who are your top three defensive groups um, as far as corners? And third, mm. I mean, my second question was, <laughs> are the defense now going to get three good corners instead of having two? I mean, they need to. I, I like that mindset because that's that seems like what the offenses are doing. You know, they loading up on these weapons, having at least three, four. Viable passing weapons out there, so you need guys who can cover them. But the top, the top groups right now, 
you, you mentioned it. Jalen Ramsey, you get a guy like that in his prime uh, coming down to a place where he wanted to play. So it's not like he was reluctantly traded. He wanted to come to Miami. I'm sure shit going from Cali uh, to, to Florida, that money-wise, those checks are going to look a lot different. But he's coming to Miami, teaming up with X-Man. And then you got Javon Holland, who's dynamic on that back end. Brandon Jones, he'll be coming back off an injury. So Miami, uh, right, out, right up there with Philly. Um, and Dallas, you, you mentioned it too, Dallas. Trevon Diggs, Steph Gilmore. You got Donovan Wilson, they re-signed him. Jaron Curse, we'll see what they're doing with Malik Hooker. A lot of big, fast guys who can move around, fly around, and get, that hand, get their hands on the ball and turn it over. And then you got dogs up front who can get after the rusher as well, after the passer as well. Same thing in Miami, Bradley Chubb. We traded for him last year. He was a little hurt. He should be fresh. Um, we got the young kid out of um, out of UM that we drafted a couple years ago Adrian too. Phillips. So um, I would go to those two groups, the Dolphins and probably the Cowboys right now. And obviously up there with Philly, Green Bay, they got some dogs over there as well. Um, it's a lot of talent in these uh, secondaries right now. How come uh, Gilly just left the the, uh, the Colts? What, what what happened there? You think Debo? They, they did him a solid. They did him a solid. Yeah. Honestly. You know, <laughs> we we all watched it last year, uh, and, and he was one of the very. Actually, I take that back. The defense as a whole, Gus Bradley had that defense playing well. Uh, but the, the offense was just obviously atrocious. What? But Gilmore, was, he showed that he was still, you know, still had some, some tread left on that tire and still was in the prime of his career. So I think Chris Ballard and the Colts did him a solid, traded him. Uh, I think I was a fifth-round pick back. No. For the Cowboys, uh, it was a revolving door on the other side of uh, Trevon Diggs um, last year. So for them to lock that up with everything they have on that defensive side of the ball as well, uh, with Dan Quinn staying in place, um, I think both both uh, I think the Cowboys definitely got better with that. But uh, Colts, I think they just did a solid. We obviously got a lot of holes uh, to fill right now, Andy. We might be might be tanking for uh, it's, Caleb. It's rebuilding oh. year for you, Pat. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. bringing Caleb Williams next year. You you'll rebuilding year. We're the fourth overall pick. We already had one of those. What are we even talking about? Yeah, but it's that not was a true. shitty year before the rebuild. Yeah, get a good good solid guy at four, or maybe move back a little bit, and then you tank again, and you get your quarterback next year. Yeah, yeah. And then if that doesn't work Great out, man. you just run it back. Uh, <laughs> Pat, who are you taking that for? Me. Assume, assuming Richardson and Levy's still there. Well, I'm taking Anthony Richardson. Did you see, he he posted on his Instagram story. He had these cowboy boots on, shorts on. He had uh, sunglasses on. He was walking through a field. And at one point, the song he was playing is like, I'm a Harley riding badass motherfucker, pretty much. And as soon as I saw the photo, I was like, give me that Bring guy. Bring him in. Guy. Give me that guy right there on our team. Uh, but I think, like, Gardner Minshew's here, okay? And I, don't, I never expected, you know, I never expected. Solid backup. Great, great, back, great backup to have. I never expected right. in my life to say, like, happy Gardner Minshew is an Indianapolis Colt. Like, I did not expect that to happen when Minshew Mania was running wild, brother, yep. down there in Jacksonville. And then whenever it happened in Philly, when he came out, one, and then him and his Bomber dad jacket. had that moment afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like, I never thought to myself, you know what I'm going to say at some point in my life? Happy Minshew is, like, the starting quarterback for the Colts. But with Spikeman coming in, yeah. Yep. You know, with his offense. Yeah. Yep. She, and yeah. being like the way it runs and Gardner knowing the offense, if we were to get a quarterback that wasn't ready, which who is ready for the NFL whenever you get drafted? Sure. I guess that's a much better question. Yeah. I've only seen a few come in and be ready off off the rip. That's yeah. not a bad person, especially with what the immediate success we've seen with Jalen Hurts and what Anthony Richardson's body, build, and yeah. style is, it's like, that could be success for us. This dude's just a dog, dude. Yeah. He's a fucking monster. And I was impressed with his throws. <laughs> you watch the film, though. 
Florida's yeah. Florida sucked. Okay. Stunk, stunk around him, yeah. Yeah, and the coach, uh, a lot of people say. It's just a no reason complete, to bury Mr. Oh, Napier. Yeah, he's got good shut coach. out in the Vegas Bowl. Great okay. guy. Heard he's a dipshit. But he, he made throws. <laughs> Anthony Richardson made throws that made you think, like, hey, this guy could be an NFL quarterback when you watch the film. Because they're talking, like, this guy, two, three years out. He doesn't have enough experience. Should have stuck around another year. Did you see some glimpses of NFL play? Yeah, I mean, I think C.J. Stroud and, and, and Bryce, I think they're really, really good. And clearly a cut above. But, um... You know, he. I'm sure the Carolina Panthers aren't 100% sure right now to not go with, with Richardson. It's probably going to be one of those guys, but Richardson, with, with his talent, you look at the film, you look at, obviously, you know, you, know, you got to look at the film, especially at that quarterback position. And then you got to look at the talent around him. You got to look at the game plan, the scheme, all these different things. Uh, coaches, you know, coaches have egos. And Spike, man, shit, he just, like you mentioned it, he just had Hurts in Philly. And Hurts, I think the the best thing that happened to Hurts was him to get benched at Bama and then go play for Lincoln Riley mm. and get coached. Because you got it's like you don't you don't use it, you lose it. It's just like anything. Lamar Jackson, when he was with Petrino in Louisville, I feel like he was a better passer because it was more of a passing game that he you know repped uh, week in and week out. So if you put Richardson with a guy like that in a system like that, where yeah, you can still use your legs when you're young while you're figuring it out, it's some RPOs, it's throws that kind of are predetermined sometimes. He's got all the tools. And then you look at his athletic, his score, I mean, probably one of one when it comes to that. So it's hard for teams to pass something like that up. Uh, so I would be very happy with AR-15 at, uh, at that number four pick. I think so, too. And I tweeted, AR-15's killing it. They said he doesn't want to go by AR-15 because the gun control policy conversation. Oh, he just wants oh, to go yeah. by AR. Okay. Oh, what's All that? right. Sorry. Well, AR. AR, then, yeah, me too. I just wanted to I want to let you know there's probably going to be some tweets coming to you. Nonetheless, that guy is a of weapon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that we all remember the spin move jump past two-point conversion. Unreal. <laughs> and then he goes to the combine, and it's like best in the history of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. best in the history of quarterbacks, best yeah. in the history of quarterbacks. And that's not like, oh, quarterbacks are just Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. There's been a lot of dogs that have come through the combine yeah. mm-hmm. who have done quarterback-related things. And for him to be the best of all time, it's like, seems like everybody likes him. Team stunk, though, yeah. which is a, t- yeah, a, lot. a worry. So that, and that, that, yeah, and that, that matters. You know, I, so the, they were, a lot of people were comparing him to Cam Newton. You know, Cam, Cam went to Auburn, went undefeated through the SEC, won a national championship, won a Heisman. Like, Cam produced and won. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was in the Heisman conversation, won a national championship at Bama, I believe. Always produced and won. So it is something to that. You got to produce. You got to win. Um, and at the same time, we talked about how it's a crapshoot. Some of those guys come in. They don't do much in the league. But a guy like this, I think he's worth taking a chance on. And then the throwing, you know, his throwing, it's not like he's not a natural. You always see the term a natural thrower. Like he's he's a natural thrower. Like he has a natural throw. So I'll be, I'll be happy about the project, especially with the, you know, revolving door that we've had at, at, at the Colts with that QB carousel year in, year out. At least get a guy that we can say, all right, you know, he may not be the guy year one, but we can see maybe year two, year three, year four. He could be a guy that can take his place. We're getting to Cleveland, that jersey. Yeah, yeah. getting close. Uh, Second most all time. Of quarterbacks, just like how many have started and how many had hope. And we've rolled through two to three good rosters. Yeah, He's still trying yeah. to find yeah. it. it is not a, it's not been a blast to watch. Hopefully we find at four what we're looking for. Or if we don't, more Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially go, available. Go back to get Tone Diggs has... 
Hey, this boy hoping for a prayer over here. Hey, <laughs> you need to relax. You need to relax. There's been a lot of right rebuild year. Yeah. Did you hear this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you, D-Butt. Hell yeah. We need it, D-Butt, don't we? Hey. We got an MVP Lamar- candidate in the backfield. Hey. Do you really think y'all have a chance in hell of getting Lamar? Let's be honest. Really? It's money. It's all it is, right? Hey, we got the money. It's all yeah. it is. Jim Mercy. We got the money. Got He's Jim got four Hurst. pianos that are exactly. worth yeah. well, Y'all had time to pull the plug. Y'all ain't pulled the plug. Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> Jim Mercy's been worried about his concerts yeah, and everything right. else. Let's focus <laughs> on the- Ursa been sending some cryptic tweets out, though. And wasn't his playing in Baltimore? I'm, yeah. ho- I'm hoping to play. He freed that whale, though. He did. <laughs> what happened? Which whale? What? Lolita. He freed her. Willie's uh, really hell yeah, Jim. Been, yeah, yeah, been held in captivity for a long time. Jim got her free. Right, thank you, thank Jim. you, Jim. Hell Jim, yeah, just, Jim. Did, Shout out to you. Did she make it in the wild? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did Jim talk to the whale, and the whale was going to be able to get reacquainted to the rest yeah. of the whales. I believe he rode it on the, on her back out there to make sure. Oh, and good. Swam back dinner, oh. dinner before today's Sammy? Lolita press conference in Miami Beach. Key players in a massive plan to finally free this 8,000-pound killer whale, Lolita. Where was he at? Down in Miami Beach. I don't know. Stay tuned uh, as this uh, dream Miami unfolds in real time. Oh, 52 years in captivity. You think that Miami thing wants Beach. to come back out to that freezing cold ocean? Lolita's probably like, what's going on? Am I going outside to pee and coming back in? Or was Lolita? That's just a cover-up. That's a cover-up. He yeah. went down here for that damn well. He was down here to meet with Lamar. Yeah. That was a little cover-up. Yeah, I'm down here to Lolita. Lamar. She's done. She's, she's, <laughs> oh, she's, she's, she's dead right now. He is always oh. tweeting oh. like Chris. Oh. Jesus. Yeah, she's out of there. Yeah, he's 52 years. Okay, he, so Jimmer breaking. Ursay kills whale. No. That's the headline. I no. That's Jim Ursay frees killer whale and in process lands big whale <laughs> as quarterback, that's the headline. Oh. Okay, he's a hero. Certainly possible. There's a good chance Lolita was killed 15 years ago when it <laughs> completely destroyed <laughs> SeaWorld worker, and they're like, all right, yeah. shoot this thing in the head right now. We can't have it killing these trainers anymore. I don't know if killer whales die from one shot in the head, but I do know yes. that uh, 50, RPG. 52 years... Yeah. RPG to the head and it explodes. I'm not a How long do they man. live? How long can they live? Thousands I mean, and thousands of years. In captivity for a long, long time. Bro, 52 years it's been getting food just like this. <laughs> yeah. All right, jump. Yeah. Boom. Now it's going to go out there. Thousand. Uh huh. 50 to 90 it's, years. It's That's fucked up. Actually, yeah, it's only it don't like it. guaranteed. 90. 90 years it can live. <laughs> That's nuts. That's in but captivity, after, I assume. After 52 years in captivity, you're going to just launch that right. thing he into the ocean? guaranteed fish for the rest of his life at that place. Yep. Forever. I guess the owner don't like <laughs> guaranteed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Boom. You're telling me Lolita was eating too much food. The owner <laughs> well, of the Lolita whatever the place pastor. was like, I'm sick of feeding this fucking thing. Shouldn't we free this thing? I watched Blackfish or whatever. Yeah. We should get it out of here. Right. Jim Irsay's like, you got it. What's her name, brother? Lolita. All right. Sounds like Lolita. Lamar. <laughs> Oh my God! There's zero percent chance she's getting tracked. They know she's alive right now for sure. They oh yeah, know. no, Debo's right. So dead. Done. Fifty-two years, bro. Do you that's, think that's... any other whale out there knows how to jump up, do a flip, and go back in there? Lolita's going to be killing it out there in the wild. Yeah, no but, problem at all. Yeah, killer they, whales yeah. are absolute menaces too. Yes. Like this thing will kill anything that it comes across. So there was this one pit bull puppy. Okay, that my friend had. Mm-hmm. Brought it into the house. I just so happened to be there for the first, like, three to four months of this baby puppy's existence. Okay. Okay, got along with it. How you doing? Keep it moving. I was gone three, four years. Skin rash developed on Pitbull. Pitbull, obviously, great dogs. Only are bad dogs if they're raised to be bad dogs. They're incredibly intelligent and incredibly smart. 
and also potentially pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. So if there's a skin rash yeah. on the pit bull and people are touching it, yeah. there's a chance a pit bull get pissed yeah. off, Fuck right? It. Not necessarily get attacked and killed, but there's going to be a moment or whatever. So I'm sleeping at friend's house three years later, puppy in middle of skin rash era. Mm -hmm. I had heard horror stories of like, hey, don't go around, name of dog, Right now, for another week, we're just... Lolita, we'll call it. Lolita. Don't go around Lolita for a while. We have mm -hmm. no idea, you know, she, who's... She's good with family, but other people, she gets a little irritable because of her skin rash or whatever. It's like, you got it. I sleep on couch. I wake up to Lolita on top of me, mm -hmm. blanket over my face. Oh. So now it's, holy fuck, I hope Lolita remembers me yeah. from three years ago, whenever that does... So Lolita That's on top of me because I'm on her couch apparently. Yep. Of course. I worst move, but what am I supposed to do? Peek face out, right? So there's a chance, you know, something's coming. In your grill. Lolita licks my face. Oh, nice. Okay. Remembers the smell, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you think after 52 years, these killer whales are going to remember Lolita's fucking smell? She's a fucking dead lady out there. Yep. They said she's going to regain her family. Her family don't fucking know no, her. No, no, They no. don't remember her. 50 to half a century? Do they have this that good of a brain to very, remember who the fuck Lolita is? She's in trouble. We need to look out for what's going on with Lolita right now. I'm guessing Lolita has had the taste of human blood and flesh, yeah. so she'll be just kind of near the <laughs> near the beach. You know, you got these fucking vacationers running out there, and then she's slamming them off the bottom of the ocean, killing them, eating their whole bodies. Like, I don't think she's going out deep and meeting her family. She's fucking eating 14, well, she's 16 year old kids. Deep. Exactly. Yeah, and then word will spread about Lolita. Hey, have you heard about this killer whale killing humans? She's a fucking psycho. We should not go near her. And we got jaws on our hands. Boom. We're happy Lolita's free, though. Yeah. Yep. If she's happy. Right. Yeah, if she's happy, we're happy. If you're happy, Lolita. <laughs> if if Lolita's... No. Lolita, first called Tuckatay, was captured on August 8th, 1970. Jesus Christ. Horrible In Penn movie. Cove, Wibley Island. Jim Irsay remembered this day. Yep. Yeah. This was yeah. a it's a passion project. <laughs> for sure. For Jim Irsay. <laughs> she was one of sure. seven young whales sold to marine parks in the world from this roundup of over 80 orcas conducted by asshole Ted Griffin Bad and story. Don Goldsberry. Damn you, Goldsberry. Partners in a capture operation known as Namu Inc. <laughs> it's a sad story. They forced though. the orcas into Penn Cove using speedboats and releasing explosives. Uh, Jesus Christ. So, this is Avatar Oh, my God. All right. Takate is back in the open water. No explosive around, hopefully. Somebody should have let Lolita know, though, that out there there is a plastic island yeah. that she needs not. Just go ahead and open up and take down. Agreed. Good luck out there, Takate. Good luck, Takate. Takate. Who gave Takate? Was it Birth Mother gave Takate? Yeah. And they just knew that? Yeah. No, Ted did. The guy that was yeah. putting explosive. Goldsberry? Yeah, Don oh. Goldsberry. Yeah. Goldsberry, yeah. that motherfucker. Yeah, well... They're saying Takate is potentially on a mission to find those two. I would I be hope so. so. And that might be honestly where, where she's headed. But what if it got on the land somehow? What if we find Takate on tail? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Walking oh, around, flopping on the Ted Turner or whatever the hell. Yeah, right into Goldsberry's living room. <laughs> Boom. Eating Remember his me, whole bitch, family. 1970. I haven't forgot. Because they got big brains, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. D-Butt better watch his mouth, too. Might come out and smack him in the mouth, too. Yeah, this is all cover-up <laughs> for Lamar. Yeah, fucking watch the shores, pal, <laughs> yeah. whenever you're close. Keep an eye out for Takate. I keep an eye out. I keep uh, an eye pierced. Tone has a question for you about football, I think, not Takate. D-Butt, uh, a lot of people have, I don't know if you've watched Tapia or not, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez uh, as potential top two corners. Witherspoon, top 10 passing defense at Illinois. 
Christian Gonzalez, bottom 10 passing defense at Oregon. Does that matter to you? Like, is that is that something that, that you think matters if one was part of a really mm-hmm. good pass defense and one was shit? I mean, nah. Honestly, nah, not when it comes to the draft, especially at that position. And and watching um, watching those two guys. Now, Witherspoon, that, that Illinois, that whole secondary was very, very talented. But Witherspoon, dog, smaller guy, but he's, he'll come up. He remind me, honestly, a lot of Vontae. Like, he'll come up and smack you in the mouth. Uh, he'll, he'll blitz, he'll cover, sticky in coverage. You know, a little handsy at times. Definitely going to have to work on that in, in the league. But I love him. A lot of people have him as the number one corner. I got him at number two after uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, like, hmm. a lot of the things that he does, like, you can't coach. First of all, his size. I heard Pat ask DJ about the size thing earlier. But his size, but at that size, his ability to move, how he moves, uh, his, his his calmness, you know, when that ball's in the air and his ball skills, like those things you can't really coach. Like you can coach a lot of shit. Like those ball skills, those are kind of something you you naturally have. You naturally you can get you can get better at it, but naturally he's just comfortable with the ball in the air and with the game how it is today. That's the guy I want on my defensive back end. Somebody who's big, who's fast, who can play, who can tackle, but also when that ball goes up in the air, he can definitely come down with it and make you pay. So I got Gonzalez. Um, and then he blew, he blew away the combine. I think he went 4 3 the combine. Ooh, Checked all those boxes there. So, yeah, I think Gonzalez most likely to be the first corner off the board, but I wouldn't be mad with Witherspoon either. To who? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to ask Mitt about that. But I, uh, <laughs> smart. smart. Debo, yeah. I'm seeing Detroit a lot it's there. Very smart. Yeah, it's Skrowinski. Detroit would be, that would be great with Detroit. With the two young guys they drafted off the edge last year. Um, yeah, I would love him in Detroit. They, they, but they just went. They got Okuda three a few years ago. That didn't quite work out how they thought it would. Oh, oh. guy stinks! I didn't know that. Oh, no, 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 no. He de- no, he don't stink. He didn't. That's a lot of expectation. You go three at oh, corner, like yeah. it ain't too many guys. Just call go. It's Sean high. Springs. That's what Pat. You went six. That's 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 a lot of expectations early out the gate. He didn't live up to him early. Had Matty P there. You know, wasn't great. He got he got better last year though, so I think. Right. Uh, but I, I, Gonzalez, I give him the first corner off the board. I thought Matt Patricia was great on defense. It was just the offense thing that he wasn't great. Where the quarterbacks were actually having to go outside the building to get answers to questions. But um, corner smart guy, Matty P's a smart guy, but leading him. a team, lead, being a, being in that head coach, that's a whole different ball game. Fats Patricia lost it a long time ago. His name's Matt. <laughs> just because you guys don't want to pay him anymore, the, we don't need your bullshit. But the no um, the corner position is going to always be at a premium mm-hmm. because of yeah. the way the game is played and it always will be played. Yeah. It's like every year there's a couple guys, but as of late, there's been like three to four young guys that kind of transition quickly, Stug. especially this Shit. last season. Last year. Sauce, Tariq, Sauce Jr. Sting, yeah. Stingley, Stingley went three. He played well. You know, Sauce played all pro at yep. four. Um, So you got two guys going to top five and live Willen. up to that building. Yeah. Tariq won, yeah. yep. You know, Morgan, Tariq Woolen was a late-round pick. He played like a damn all-pro as a rookie. Patrick Sertain was the best corner in the league last year. He's yes, in his, sir. what, third year now? So, yeah, guys are coming in playing playing great early. Deontay Banks, too, is another corner I keep on uh, out of Maryland. Um, you know, tall, can run. Um, but like, I, I always like ball production. I like corners that get their hand on the ball. You got to get your hand on that, on that, on that tape. I would like to see a little more of that, but I like him as well. Do, do, do you tell him, yeah, JPJ allegedly going to uh, the Patriots potentially mm-hmm. and that whole thing. He is a dog, just like his dad's a dog. Be first round, yeah. I just want to let all these uh, young corners know 
that if we're going one on one with their size, I'm bodying them. Yeah, that's point. right. <laughs> Just like Connor did to Pac Man too. Bingo, yeah. smart. Ty has a question so for you, Derek. Uh, D Bud, everyone knows you are a diehard Dolphins fan. Uh, maybe the biggest that I know outside of Gumpy. It's pretty close, yep. though. Um, with the shakeup in the AFC East. Gumpy is not going to be happy about what you just did. Yeah, I know. That's why I did it because I know it'll piss him off. I'm a Dolphins fan. Yeah, you're a Colts fan. Colts fan, also a massive Dolphins fan. But a lot of people. Myself included, think the Dolphins, once Rodgers eventually gets to the division, are kind of mm-hmm. still the third best team uh, in the Ooh. AFC East. It took a lot of heat for that, got put on Cuck Mountain, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> how do you see the AFC East shaking out with the Bills, who seemingly, you know, they lost a few guys but kind of reloaded? And then obviously yep. the Jets look much, much different. Patriots will probably stink. Whoa. Well, I might, you know, might be a homer pig here, but give me the Dolphins at one if, and this is a huge if, if Tua can stay healthy. Well, you know, that's but, what but I him, never you know, fucking That's yeah. the question. And, you know, it's a huge if, but he played great last year when he was healthy. Yes, he did. Uh, having a year under his belt with uh, Tariq Hill and, and Waddle, having those weapons, and, and been with Mike McDaniel, having another year in that system, if he can stay healthy, and then what they've done on defense, give me the, give me the Miami Dolphins. I love, love. Love the Mike White sign as well, you know, because of Tua's health. You know, if he does have to miss three, four games, we know Mike can come in and and play well, uh, play great football um, behind him. So give me the Dolphins at one. And honestly, um, I think the Jets will jump the Bills if they get that A-Rod move. Because I expect somebody else to come once A-Rod is there. You know, you already got Garrett Wilson there. You still got Elijah Moore, I believe, on the, on the uh, roster. Mm-hmm. But if an Odell comes there, if somebody else comes, you got Lazard. Like, you got weapons there. You got Brees Hall coming back. Makai Beckton looks, you know, the offseason, you know, you can't get too excited about that. But his body looks great. Big ticket looks back healthy. Uh, Joe Douglas has made some great picks there, I think. So, I think the Jets would actually jump uh, the Bills. And then, you know, so I go Bills. And then, you know, the Patriots, you know, they're, they're already shopping. Uh, Mac Jones around. Sorry about it. Allegedly, allegedly, we don't yeah, know what's real, know. what's not real. Allegedly, according allegedly. to somebody with knowledge of the situation, which what does that mean, especially when it comes to the Patriots? But they certainly took quite a step back last year. Bills at three. You wow, AJ. Last See, I love, you know I love the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are Buffalo Bills are teams. AJ, go ahead, pal. D, but who's uh, does Carolina know who they're taking right now, and who do you think that's going to be? <sighs> Oh. I still, I still think they're working through it. Uh, if it was me, I go CJ Stroud, and it, and it's close, honestly, between him and Young. But CJ Stroud, it's the size. I, I go with the size because if you're going with with uh, Bryce Young, that's something you're going. Anytime these decision makers go against kind of what's always happened, these numbers, these analytics, the size, the hand, the arm, all these different things. Like you look at the talent. But then you look at, okay, what has been done before? That's a part of the reason why Lamar hasn't been paid yet because we haven't seen a quarterback that plays like Lamar, you know, be great into their 30s. So that's that's a part of it. It's not just about what the player is doing on the field, but it's about projecting out over the long term. Um, but watching it from the outside and just the viewers seeing how Frank and Cole, you know, uh, new OC, Thomas Brown, how they're interacting with these different quarterbacks. I would say C.J. Stroud uh, will be that number one pick out of Ohio State. The best ability is availability. Hell yeah. Speaking of available, I think there's a few buildings up at UConn not available today because of what (laughs) UConn students did last night. How was last night for you as a UConn alum? Congratulations to you, brother. Yeah. Hey, appreciate you, man. It was electric. Anytime your school wins a natty, 
Um, it, it, it's fun. Obviously, all the alumni, you start to connect again. A lot of people went to Houston. I didn't make the trip um, to Houston. But, you know, it's great. It's a basketball school. It's good to see them back on top. Nobody really expected them to, to be in that position. Uh, being the number four seed, you know, they started off the season hot. You know, I think they were undefeated, had one loss for a long time with top three program, reset on the show. They hadn't played up to their potential. Um, and then even – None of the games were close in the tournament, which you rarely ever see. You at least see, you know, get pushed at least once. But I think they won every game by 15-plus until the natty. Uh, three guys on the team were observing Ramadan, so weren't eating and drinking until sundown, which is tough until, obviously, the later game. So shout-out to that whole squad, man. A lot of the old alums were in the building. Obviously, they were having a hell of a time on campus. There's nothing out there. It's in the middle of the farm, stores, Connecticut. They get it. That little fire, that was – that was a little punk ass fire. That wasn't like you know. That wasn't no real. That wasn't no a Morgantown fire. Shit, I agree. It wasn't a Morgantown fire. Yeah, but the wasn't a Morgantown fire. The battering ram yes. through the glass. Yeah, that was sweet. That was a pretty. That was a lot of effort. That was a lot of effort. Yeah. And I, uh, I guess whenever you win a natty, the shits happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No holds. Some more. something's got to go down. You win a natty. It's it's the fifth one. And what, 20, 20 something years? Um, the women. We we weren't. We didn't make the final four for the first time in like. 16 years or something like that. We went like 15, 16 straight. And then uh, we had probably, not probably, the best Final Four, the best Final Four of the women's game. And see, I think overall for the women's game, um, and I've been a, a huge follower of it, going to UConn, been a part of a school with that program, playing with those girls in the summertime. A lot of these guys on 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 Twitter and on Instagram, oh, I go out there and do this. Hey, these girls, I promise you, these women will bust your ass on that court. Did you play? Watch did you practice against them? Did you practice against? Yeah. Them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every every summer. Every summer. And Gino Gino would be out there. He'll be out there. He would love it because obviously you know you playing out there with, with a bunch of football players who played basketball in high school and still feel like you know they can go. And obviously we went back and forth. We went back and forth. We won some. They won more because they'd be out there running plays and shit. We'll play with the women's ball uh, when we played against them. Uh, Tarasi will come back. Barbara Turner, all the OGs will come back and play. So um, that basketball family up there is uh, crazy. Like the legends that always stay connected to the program. They get Calhoun. Once I, once I saw Calhoun give that speech, I knew it was over. Yeah. Once he gave that 80, 80 minutes, I knew it was over. But uh, shout out to the Huskies, man. How them saying? Something, Good day special, to something special in here, right? Yeah. We can all kind of feel it. 80 minutes away. <laughs> what a quote. Yeah. What a time. So Congrats to all of you. Great to see you back. You've been golfing a little bit more. I see the hoodie there. Hey, I've been out there. I've been out. I've been, honestly, I've been putting a lot of time in the range. So I haven't really got That's smart. I don't feel I, I got to put I feel like I got to put a couple months at least in that range to at least get a swings. I can't go out there and embarrass myself. Uh, but um, I, I've been having fun with it, man. And that, it's nothing like, you know, being an athlete, obviously, my whole life. It's, it's nothing like actually hitting a golf ball. And it goes like where the fuck you want it to go. Like I like I'm starting to actually get that feeling. I actually got a swing off the tee. I actually got a little draw now. Wow. It's like, oh shit. Like I can Deep like actually do this shit. Cause usually I'm hitting, I don't have a clue where that motherfucker's going. So uh, I'm having fun with it right now, getting lessons. Uh, so I'll be on the course soon. We assume you'll figure it out. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Joining us now live from, I would assume, New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man whose book dropped today that everybody can buy. Got your number. He wrote alongside one of the biggest brainiacs I've ever encountered, Hembo. Host of Get Up. He's in two Hall of Fames. Friend of the program. Recovering from a heart surgery. Mike Greenberg. Greeny, uh, before we went to break, we had a quick conversation 
about what is Florio talking about? The Niners getting into the game? There's no way they have enough draft picks to get in there. Don't let your new heart, I don't know what happened with your heart. We're happy you're back. Don't let your heart kind of get worried about that whole thing, right? They got no chance. This is Jets or bust, right? This is the Jets. Well, it better be. I mean, I have been busy all day long selling this book, and I got a bunch of people sending me notes saying that Mike Florio is reporting that the 49ers, you have to tell me, are trying to get involved in this, are standing at the ready Uh in the event that the Rodgers thing to the Jets falls through, just generally causing trouble for me in ways that I do not need on this day or any other day. So I need you guys to tell me this isn't true, or it is very possible I will smash my head into a wall. Don't do that. You're about bad heart. We don't need a bad brain. AJ would know more than anybody. AJ, what do you know? I don't know anything. That's uh, the thing right now, Greeny. Uh, like, I don't know what the holdup is, but I wanted to ask you. I don't want to put any negative vibes out there, but let's just say for some reason the universe doesn't align and Aaron doesn't make it to to New York. Oh, what happens to that fan base there, and what does your lo- life look like oh. if it doesn't happen? Glasses off. Why are you even saying this aloud? Like <laughs> seven at a crap table. We talk through it. We will talk through it, Greeny. You have promised me. I watched it on this show. When Aaron Rodgers, live on YouTube, on the Pat McAfee show, alongside AJ and Pac-Man and the entire crew, said he wants to come to the Jets. The Jets want him to come to the Jets. The Packers want him to come to the Jets. In my experience, when it only takes two parties to make a deal work, and three of them want this one to happen, it should be a done deal. I have to assume what's holding it up is the Packers want... More than the Jets want to give up. But at some point, someone very smart who works in another business negotiating deals for a living once said to me, Greeny, at the end of the day, every negotiation reaches a point where you either make the deal or you don't. And they will get to that point, I have to believe, somewhere before the draft. I assume it'll be right before the draft. Both sides will say, all right, we're done here. This is the best I'm going to do. This is the best you're going to do. And they're going to make the trade. Rodgers will be a Jet. I am... I'm the most negative person in the world, and I firmly believe that. Well, maybe that negativity will turn into some positivity if you get a quarterback that leads you guys to the promised land because you've had a miserable fan experience for a long time with the Jets. Did you see what Schrager said? Schrager came out, and he has good sources. I believe Schrager has good sources with the Jets. I do believe. He this morning. Very very much better. Okay, so so I am right with that. He floated out like what a projected potential trade could look like from the Jets and the Packers. It's like a second in a fourth or something like that. And a conditional second. And a projected second or conditional second, depending upon if he plays and how well the Jets do. And then there's some compensation on the other side if Aaron doesn't play after this year that I think the Jets are expecting from the Packers if it's only a one-year type lease, rental-type situation. Is that what you're hearing? And do you have resources? And who's holding it up here? Is that like the Packers are trying to figure out whether or not they want to agree to that? Or it's the Jets wanting to figure out if that's what they want to give away? What, What do you know, you think? from the situation so schrager is excellent but i'll see his sources and raise him mike tannenbaum who was the general manager of the jets when they traded for brett Favre. so he has lived this and this is what he told me was that the agreement that they made with the packers was that they would trade them i think it was a third round pick and then another pick the following year that was conditional based upon certain um criteria including how many snaps he played how successful the team was. For example, if the Jets had won the Super Bowl, they would have owed the Packers a first-round pick, which obviously any Jet fan and the entire organization would be delighted to pay. On the flip side, yes, because of, I mean, because Aaron Rodgers said on your show that he was 90% retired before he went into the dark, 
everyone is approaching this as though it will likely be a one-year situation. So, yeah, if you're the Jets and you give up a lot and he retires after one year and you didn't win the Super Bowl, then maybe you want to get something back. So I think that makes a lot of sense. But I, what I think is holding it up now to answer your other question is the Jets have a first-round pick and they have two seconds. So if you're the Packers, doesn't, there's no reason not to be trying to get as much of that as you possibly can. And the Jets are trying to give them as little of that as they possibly can. And eventually, both sides know where it will probably wind up and that's where they will finish it. And just like you said, the professional negotiator says at the end of the day, it's just both sides conceding pretty much yep. and saying, yep, we've made enough progress. Let's go ahead and do it. I think the Jets understand that they're in a good position because the worst thing that could happen is they stink. They've stunk forever. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, what is the, and for the Packers, they got to get the money off their books. They got to get Aaron out of the locker room. If Jordan's going to be your starter, you don't want Aaron Rodgers in there as well. I, I mean, that is, Obviously not going to be the case. He's not going to be a backup quarterback. So both sides, I think, are going to make it happen. When will it happen is the massive question. Speaking of questions, are you okay, dude? What the fuck happened? We were just, <laughs> we're watching Get Up. We're watching Get Up. You're there. Then all of a sudden you're not there. We're like, okay, Greeny has earned this. Probably just taking one of the weeks off. We would love to be able to potentially take the week that you took off off. And it's like Greeny knows the game. This guy's been around so long. Mm -hmm. He knows when things are going to happen, when things aren't going to happen. Then we saw your wife tweet, like, he's recovering from heart surgery. We're like, God damn, are we, are, did we almost lose Greeny? Like, Whoa. we are very, very – we want to let you know. Here in Indy, and I assume in uh, Ohio certainly for AJ, and I know Pac over there in Ohio as well, we are very worried – that we did we almost lose the greenie did this come out of nowhere what the hell happened no it was nothing like that i was really touched you guys reaching out to me pat you in particular and so many people who did um this was something that sounded a lot worse than it was okay so i had a Jeez. condition you've probably heard of which is called atrial fibrillation people call it afib mm -hmm. and it's an arrhythmia and some people have it and don't even know it i had it and i knew it when it when i would get it I would literally just be sitting still and my heart rate would go up to like 160. And the usual course of, I've had it, it started the year my father was dying and, and it just sort of, I think, was brought on by stress, whatever. It's, so it started in 2015. And the usual course of that disease is that in the early stages, it is very controllable with medication, which it was for me. And then generally speaking, as time goes by, it becomes something that becomes a bigger problem and you have to be more aggressive in treating it. And that's what came. So there's a procedure called a cardiac ablation, which is a scary freaking sounding uh, term, but that's what it is. And while it is a fairly major procedure, it's very routine. It's very common. They do a hundred of them a day in the hospital I was in. And, um, and, and so we timed it. The doctor was phenomenal. We, we timed it out so that I would not miss NFL free agency. I didn't miss Rodgers on McAfee. Smart. And now I will be back and healthy and able to travel in time for the NBA playoffs, which start next week. And then the NFL draft. So that, that, that is the window in which it fell. So, you know, for a few days, I was pretty out of it. But it was never scary. If this makes sense, it was serious, but it wasn't frightening. And, and, but I, I so appreciate all the nice notes that everybody sent me and everything like that. It made me feel extraordinarily good. A lot of hard stuff going around the world right now. People yeah. dying out of nowhere. So, like, obviously, I think a lot of us who are big fans, admirers, and obviously care about you were a little bit scared. Nice to hear that you knew what was coming, how it was going to go. Did your Apple Watch or something like that, did you have to wear <laughs> one of those? Because my friend from West Virginia, uh, Justin Williams Whitey, 
Whitey. You might know Whitey. Uh, Whitey had blonde hair. That's why he was called Whitey. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to relax. What? <laughs> okay. Everybody, everybody needs to relax. Uh, he just, I think a couple years ago, had an Apple Watch on. Thing basically started turning red and was like, hey, you need to go to the hospital immediately. I think AFib happened. Then he had to have open heart surgery, like almost died, I think, like out of wow. nowhere. Did you have to monitor it there ever since 2015? Was that something you had yeah, to Yeah, I have a separate device because this was before the Apple Watch. Mm. And this is going to sound like a terrible thing to say. But I have these really nice watches that I prefer wearing. And so I said to the Oh, 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 hey, oh, oh, hey, big spender. man, you wearing an Apple Watch or you wearing a Rolex? You tell me right now. Well, well, I don't have my watch on right now, but I'm definitely wearing a Rolex. Well, so, and me too. Granny, so uh, uh, I said to the doctor, is that necessary? And he said, no, there are other devices you can buy that will monitor that. But all kidding aside, and I shouldn't kid about this. Anyone who might have this problem or might be worried they have this problem, yes. From what I'm told, the Apple Watch does an excellent job of telling you if you're in AFib, in particular because a lot of people don't feel it. I felt it. So when I had it, I knew it. So I didn't have that problem. A lot of people have AFib and don't even know it, and that can be really dangerous. You don't have a heart attack, but you can. You become at a much higher risk of stroke. So that's, that's the big concern with it. Um, more than having a heart attack or anything like that. So it's a, not the most cheerful conversation, but I no. I am well and I am good and I will be on the road with the NBA next week and Let's I will go, be in Green. Kansas City for the draft. And so I am all good. And thank Hell you yeah. very much for your This talk. is good. And also people are learning about something, Greeny. So it doesn't matter if it's positive or sad or whatever. This is a good story yeah. uh, to be told so people can maybe look into themselves. I do like that at this stage of your life, to all fames, Mike and Mike success. Yep. Obviously, businessman doing everything he's done. Author. Yeah. Hey, we need to monitor your heart. Yeah. Okay. Here is uh, here's the thing that actually just does it. It's perfect. No. I don't. I own Rolex. Nice Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I don't do a lot. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Bingo. Hey, yep. Doc. That sounds. I understand what you're trying to get at here, but like yeah. my collection of fucking timepieces that I wear on my wrist, mm -hmm. vast. <laughs> Very yeah. impressive. I don't have time for the heart monitor. Okay, not happening. Okay, do we not have anything else? I, I respect that that happened in at some moment in your life. I do. Well, I, I I definitely subscribe to the philosophy. It is more important to look good than to feel good. Woo! I've lived that way pretty much my entire life, and I don't see any reason to change in my now in my old age. Well, I did see those shoes you have on every time oh, I walk in to get up. Damn, this dude swagged out oh, of his oh, yeah. mind. Oh yeah, and then it goes right to perfect posture and reading. Boom. Perfect flow. Mm -hmm. Just dressed out of his mind. Let's talk about the book real quick before the boys have some questions for you. Congratulations. What number of book is this for you? This is, well, it's the sixth book I've had published, but it is the okay. first one. It, it's a new chapter for me, it, it, no pun intended, because it, it, I've never written a sports book. And um, I. What type of books you watch? What, what type of books you, you write in there, Greeny? I've written. Uh, Two novels, a memoir, a children's book, and um, and then Mike and I did a book uh, many years ago for the 10th anniversary of Mike and Mike. Um, the, the novels, I, I, I donate 100% of my proceeds from the novels to the V Foundation for Cancer Research to Combat Breast Cancer. We donate 100% of the author's proceeds from our children's book to the V Foundation to Combat Pediatric Cancer. Um, so those have been sort awesome. of passion projects for me. But I never had an idea good enough to do a sports book. And so I finally did. So I think I finally figured out what my lane is supposed to be. You know, sometimes in life you try and do a lot of different stuff. And, and the feedback that I got from people was, 
You know, Greeny, yeah, it's, it's great that you wrote a book, and we like that, and we like you. Um, but if you're talking about sports, I'm interested. If you're talking about other things, maybe not as much. So um, Hembo and I got together. We did this book, Got Your Number, which we, we decide from 1 to 100 who owns every number in uh, sports history. Hembo did unbelievable research because he's the best, Pat, as you mentioned. Um, and I wrote all the chapters. There are 100 little two-page chapters with uh, ex explanations of why each person got what they got. And if I could, I'd like to say one thing to you, Pat, and then one thing to the rest of the crew. The thing I'm going to say to you, Pat, which might surprise you, is that when I finished the book and the publisher said to me, who would you like to do the blurbs, meaning the little quotes that go on the back, the first person I said is I want Pat McAfee on the book because I think that you have become right now one of the two most important voices in the conversation around sports in our country today. It's you and Stephen A in whatever order you want to name. And I feel good about that. I feel I've That's mentioned hot. many times that we have, I've got like a lot of nieces and nephews in the business now, people who sort of came through my shows, and I'd like to think may have picked up a thing or two along the way. And as I've told you, you're the most talented one I've got. So I wanted you on the book, and I am Man, endlessly training. grateful that you agreed to do it. They got you on but drugs after that heart surgery? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is true. Um, I don't think anyone reaches more people and matters more on a daily basis in our industry at this point, with the possible exception of Stephen A., than you. The other thing I want to say, which is to the group, which will not surprise you at all, this is, weird. is that I gave the publisher Pat McAfee, and then we sent it to the other four people, which is uh, Amy Trask, Emmanuel Acho, Harlan Coben, who has only sold 85 million books in his life, and, um, and uh, Seth Wickersham. And I sent Pat his way before any of the others. And he was by far the last one to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> and by bounds, and only got it done after I had to nudge him like five or six times the publisher was ready to give up on him completely. Okay. So um, that is not a surprise. He was my first choice, and he was my last response. Well, I just want to let you know, I responded quickly, didn't I? And then I, I think I asked, like, hey, when's the deadline for this? And you told me, you, listen, you and I know each other very well at this point. I think you did give a wrong answer. He was like kind of a month and a half away. Oh, I was like, all right. Well, this one might as well go in the bin of let's talk about this later. And I would like to let you know, I didn't know what a blurb was either. I had no idea what I was trying to do. But I was honored that you asked me. And all the nice things you just said, man, fucking thank you for that. Because obviously we all look up to you and the commitment that you've had to sports for a long time. And you were way too kind to me then uh, when I was on your show. And you're way too kind to me now. I appreciate the hell out of you, Greeny. Fuck off, though. I don't need, you know what I mean, all that type of stuff. AJ, go ahead, Paul. Greeny, what was the process like for all the books you, you've written? Is it the same the whole time? I know some people maybe that are athletes or whatever, they have a ghostwriter where they sit down and do an eight-hour interview and then someone writes a book for them. I assume you didn't take that path. Were you actually sitting there at the computer typing? Yes. The, the only book that has my name on it that I didn't write, Mike and I didn't write the Mike and Mike book. We had a writer who helped us. And mostly they just took moments from our show from the first 10 years and sort of organized it into book form. So that, that's the only one. The other ones I've written all of. But this one was totally different. So the experience of writing a novel or any kind of creative book is very solitary. Like I would lock myself in a, in a lot. I found the quietest spot in the library in the town in Connecticut where we lived all those years. And I would just sit there for hours on end. And there were days where nothing would come. And it's a very hard, frustrating um, sort of painstaking process, but it's also by far the most satisfying thing I've ever done. For whatever success I've had in broadcasting, 
When, when, when you walk into a store and you see a book with your name on it, that is still the most excitement I get about anything I've ever done. This one was totally different. So when I had the idea to do this book, I think I told you guys this, but AJ, if I didn't, the idea was we were sitting around after Get Up one day, the whole crew, and we were talking because this is the kind of conversation we have. We were talking about how many Hall of Fame quarterbacks all wore the jersey number 12. Joe Namath, Bob Greasy, Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach, um, Jim Kelly, uh, and, 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 and soon to be, you know, obviously Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And Andrew Pete McConville, who is the executive producer of our show, who Pat certainly knows, Love him. said, yeah, sure, they all wore number 12, but Greeny, who owns the number 12? And boom, it was like a light bulb went off over my head. That was where I got the idea. So on my drive home, I called Hembo, and I told him the idea for the book, and I said, you're going to, I hired him. The publisher hired me. I hired Hembo. And I said, you're going to do the research. We're going to choose everybody from number one to 100. You'll do the research. You'll send it to me, and I'll write the chapters. And that's what we did. So he would email me one like every other day, and then I would sit down and write that chapter. And they're all pretty short. So for me, it was really just a, a function of picking the best ads because Hembo is unbelievable. He came up with stuff you will not believe in this book. One of my favorites, for example, um, that I, I think you guys will like is we had a tough time deciding on number 10. So I gave number 10 to Pele, the soccer legend. And my nephews, who are huge soccer fans, were telling me, no, no, you got this wrong, you got this wrong, it has to be Messi. Yeah. Because Messi is a greater player. And I said, first of all, Messi wears the number 10 because Pele wore the number 10. But more significantly, in the late 1960s, during the tragedy that was the Nigerian Civil War, a civil war in the nation of Nigeria in which over a million people died, the two sides called a 48-hour ceasefire to watch Pele play soccer. So the man's wow. performance literally stopped people from killing each other. That is a stature that almost no athlete has ever had before when Time Magazine named the most important people of the 20th century. Four of them were athletes, Muhammad Ali, Jackie Robinson, Billie Jean King, and Pele. So uh, Pele was that choice at number 10. And, and those are the kind of notes that you will find courtesy of Hembo in this book that, um, look, there were at least 100 times that I said, holy smoke, I didn't know that. Smoke. And I think anyone who reads it will Jeez. find that as well. In your brain, you said shit there or no? <laughs> oh, definitely. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Here's what I'll say. I, I actually sure. thought of this when I was getting set to come on. I've never cursed on the air in my life, in my entire life. I've been a, I've been a, a professional broadcaster since 1990, and I've never cursed on the air. Damn. If the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> yes. if somehow this thing winds up that he either retires or plays on another team, I will come on this show and I will say the F word out loud. Hell yeah! I will say it Put on out a ticker. Loud on this yes! show. What if he goes to the Jets too? Fuck yeah! You know, can we do one of those? Something to think about. Then if he wins the Super Bowl, I'll do it. Okay, if put he on a ticket. Super Bowl, I will come on. In fact, if he gets to the Super Bowl, I will come on the day after the AFC Championship game when we have just beaten Cincinnati 27-26, and I will come on here and I will say, I will, I'll, hell with it, I'll say anything you want. Yeah. I've oh, never we'll write the script. Okay, okay. okay we'll write the script. Write we'll, get work. we'll get to work. We'll, write, okay. we'll get Hembo as well because we would like some deep yes. analytics yeah. on yep. the fuckery that is potentially coming into that script <laughs> like it's yeah. an impractical <laughs> Joker's punishment mm -hmm. at the end. We would love that. Uh, I... Hembo obviously is a weapon. My first time meeting him, he is a brainiac and he has the ability to operate a computer and a search engine better than anybody I've ever seen. He's a valuable asset at oh. ESPN. And I, I think 
I'm, the thing I'm most happy about is like how much you are saying like, hey, Hembo's a big part of this, so hopefully Hembo's able to get his shine. The things this guy comes up with, because in those production meetings, Pat, how do you feel about this? And I'll say like, you know, I think this team has kind of been underwater. I mean, like it hasn't been what we thought it was. And then like 25 minutes later, outside of the production meeting, Hembo come up to me and be like, hey, you know how you said you're underwhelming, uh, they're underwhelming or whatever? That's because they've scored the least amount of points they've scored in their franchise since like 1997 or mm. something like that. And I'm like, okay, okay, am I allowed to say that? He's like, yeah, that's why um, – I'm telling you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, he's like, do you want me to give you a note card or write that down? I'm like, no, no, I fucking got it. But then as soon as it would pop up on GitHub, I start dropping this thing, and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, look at this fucking dipshit has a little depth to his conversation. <laughs> you know, like, Hembo was a, helped me out a lot. So I'm happy he's a part of this and he's getting some shine, Greeny. Well, actually, it's even better than that. So let's say you and Dan Orlovsky, I'm just making up anyone, are on GitHub. And you're going to take opposing sides of the same argument, okay? So you've got yes, and he's got no. Hembo will arm you with a stat that makes your case, and he'll arm him with a stat that makes his case. So he's ready for both sides of it. There's never an unfair fight, because Hembo doesn't take sides. He will give you stats to make both sides of an argument. Stats are on everybody's side somehow, in all facets of life, not just sports. Isn't that wild, Greeny? You know a lot more than we do. Stats seem to be on everybody's team. It makes no sense. You can generally make numbers. You can frequently make numbers, say almost anything you want. But that was really the beauty of the book, too, because numbers are so intrinsically important to sports. There's a point that I make at the beginning of it. And I haven't mentioned this on any shows yet. So let let me just read you this really quickly. As I was trying to mention (laughs) why I thought this was good. And I'm not going to say that right now. (laughs) And then we'll talk about it. Um, But for example, if I just threw out a bunch of these, how many points did Michael Jordan score? How many hits did Pete Rose have? How many touchdowns did Joe Montana throw? And finally, what uniforms number did they all wear? Raise your hand if the only one you can answer is what uniform numbers they wore. Yeah. Like uniform numbers, you don't know how many points Michael Jordan scored, but you knew he wore number 23. Yeah. You don't know how many touchdowns Joe Montana threw, but you know he wore number 16. You don't know how many hits Babe, uh, excuse me, Pete Rose had, but you know he wore number 14. So these numbers are so intrinsically important that as we went through it, I realized this was an even better idea than I thought it was. Good for you, Greeny. Hey, you found one, bro. Everything's been written about at this point. I'm happy that you're the man that's taking on this particular challenge for society. Pac-Man has a question for you, Greeny. Greeny, I love the way you threw the Bengals in there, man. Yes, I love it. I don't think we'll lose that game, but I like the way you threw us in there. (laughs) Everybody's talking about OBJ and the Ravens thing right now. Like, I personally don't want to hear the shit about OBJ. Anything (laughs) that's got to do with him and the Ravens, because I'm ready for Lamar. When are we going to hear something about Lamar? So here's an idea we had today, Pac-Man. I'll I'll give credit where it's due. This was Mike Tannenbaum's idea also. Always cooking. Here's what the Indian... You tell me if the Indianapolis Colts... Todd McShay put out a mock draft today. And in that mock draft, he has the Colts trading up one spot from four to three to take Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. Now let me present something else they could do. Rather than trading whatever it is they would have to trade to move up from four to three, they stay at four. They take Will Anderson, who was the best defensive player in this draft, frankly, in many people's opinion, the best player in this draft, period. And then they go out and they get Lamar Jackson. You trade the following year's number one and a bunch of other stuff, whatever it is that it takes, and you get Lamar Jackson. If you come out of draft weekend 
with Will and well, in, in the reverse order, with Lamar Jackson and Will Anderson. No team in history will have accomplished more in a two-day span than you will have. You will transform your franchise instantly. The truth is, this is a team that has been trying to bring in a veteran quarterback for years. They just keep bringing in ones who are on the other side of 30. Frankly, on the other side of 35. Oh! Phil, uh, Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan and okay. uh, who else? They? Oh, Carl Carson Wentz. Wentz. Well, we get it, we get it, we get it. We don't have a whole other disaster. Yeah, so, 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 uh, so why not go out and get yourself Lamar Jackson and draft the best defensive player you've got and you might be able to turn. Look, Lamar Jackson, the the new coach is Shane Steichen, and you guys don't need me to tell you that he was at least partially the architect of an offense that incorporated the skill set of Jalen Hurts so well yeah. that Hurts went from being a question mark to being right now probably the best quarterback in the NFC. Um, and and so it would make total sense to take a player with a relatively similar skill set and let Steichen design an offense that suits him. So that made a lot of sense. It makes too much sense, Greeny. It makes too much sense. Well, why isn't it happening, though? Like, why is – everybody's saying this. Darius uh, Butler was on in the first hour. Pac-Man's obviously said this. I think I've said this. I think everybody has said this. Why do you – is it all because the agent thing? And is this like a – is this a punishment type situation with Lamar because he's not going about it in the uh, – Modus operandi. Modus operandi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that why this is all kind of – No, I don't think it's any of that. I think that the owner of the team that you love more than any other said it out loud. He said the quiet part out loud. Jim Irsay said, I don't believe in guaranteed contracts in the NFL. The NFL owners don't want a league in which the players have their contracts guaranteed because there but for the grace of God goes Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving waking up in a bad mood one day and all of a sudden the Brooklyn Nets going from being a championship contender to being a laughingstock and irrelevant in the blink of an eye. I am fully in favor of guaranteed contracts. I can't believe that we have a system in which you and I are going to make an agreement in which I am totally bound by the conditions and you can change your mind anytime you want. That doesn't make any sense to me. But it has been the business model of the NFL for 100 years. And if I were the guys who own the league, I wouldn't want that to change either. So the only thing more important to these guys than winning is making sure that they maintain the status quo of that. If Lamar Jackson dropped his his demand or or whatever term we're going to use for it to have a guaranteed contract that exceeds that of Deshaun Watson I think he would have suitors knocking down his door it only stands to reason that he would he's infinitely better than the quarterbacks on almost every other team in the NFL but these guys and you know them Pat you guys look all of you guys play Pat and AJ and Pac-Man you guys know how important what what things are important to them and I think this is something that's very important to them. And I am firmly of the opinion that's why it hasn't happened. I think so, too. And I'll be excited to get a full, clearer picture. I mean, Fowler, I think, reported that Lamar Jackson is not seeking fully, fully, dem- yeah, uh, fully guaranteed, but more than what Deshaun yeah. got or something. That was the most information we had gotten out of what potential Lamar is actually looking for because the only time we've seen him reference how much money he wants is when Schefter came out and reported it was 133 mm-hmm. with a – Injury clause up to uh, potential or no, actually, no, virtually, virtually guarantee yep. of this. He quotes me and said, I'm supposed to have an agent, but it's only 133 million. That's like the only time we ever really heard what, right. what he's looking for until Fowler said that. So I was worried that it was, you know, a little miscommunication. And hopefully, yeah, after the draft, if the Colts end up with nobody, they'll go for Make it. But move. if they go beforehand and then we have Lamar, do you want them to take Anthony Richardson? 
So I want them to have Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I, I have said yeah. this. I, what you just said scratches me right where I itch. So, I, you know, like what Tannenbaum said there, and he said he, he said some alarming shit on your show, Tannenbaum. <laughs> he has said Yes, he has. <laughs> yes, he has. He really, I almost killed him today. I literally almost <laughs> killed Mike Tannenbaum. I'm not sure if any of you saw this or if you've seen it on Twitter, but he suggested that the Jets, with their first-round pick this year, because Rodgers is a short-term proposition – that the Jets should draft a quarterback at number 14, to which I said, oh, sure. Why, why shouldn't a team that's acquiring Aaron Rodgers draft a quarterback in the first round? What could go wrong? <laughs> He's certainly given us no indication that that will piss him off beyond words. So, I mean, that was, of all the things anyone has ever said on my show, and we've had some really dumb things said on my show, I've said most of them. That was the dumbest. Okay. That was the worst thing anyone has ever said <laughs> oh, in the yeah. history of Get Up. Listen, Tannenbaum, though, will step right the fuck back in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he, you know, he will. And I think that's a good thing about him. And his resume obviously says that his opinions and takes make sense and should make sense. Mm -hmm. Some things he says, we go, God, that guy was a GM. He's saying mm -hmm. that. There has to be a reason he's saying that. And then there's some stuff he says we're like, Man, they're hiring the wrong people to be GMs. So I'm happy that you guys are thinking the same thing we are. But he he's seen a lot of shit, I assume, that does happen in the NFL because you can never guess what takes place. But I've wanted Lamar since, like, him even potentially being available because this roster, to your point, we've been like a quarterback away, a quarterback away, a quarterback away. This guy's still young, still got it. It's just money, it seems like. Jim spends money. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, but I have no idea in the end. Connor has a question for you, Greeny. Yeah, Greeny, two questions. You said one to a hundred in this book. Is there an actual yeah. hundred? Are you saying that yes. Rob said ninety-nine? Oh, okay, then there is a hundred. Who the hell is a hundred? Because I didn't know anyone ever wore. The I will let you 100. guess. When you think of the number one hundred in sports, what is the first association you make? Wilt ben Chamberlain, Ben Franklin. Wilt Chamberlain is correct. Ben Franklin is not. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain is correct. Will Chamberlain is number 100. He is more associated with the number 100, in my opinion, than he is with the number 13. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think everyone knows that he wore the number 13. I think everyone knows he scored 100 points in an NBA game in Hershey, Pennsylvania in the early 1960s. A game was, that was not televised. There is no video footage of it in existence. Um, but, uh, but so he is the number, he owns the number 100 in sports history. And so I, it happened, though. It happened. Yeah. It happened, but there is no television footage. The game was not televised. It was attended by fewer than 4,000 people. It was being played in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Is it that... happened, though. It happened. I can promise you yeah. it happened. You sure? How do we? How do we All 4,000? How long was the game? Was it an eight-quarter game? <laughs> no, it was a four-quarter game. Um, the the, the radio broadcast of it actually for a long time was lost and then mysteriously found. So let me see. Oh, okay, so there is a little bit of a documented foot. That's good. Not that he Maybe. wouldn't have scored 100. I'm just saying that sure sounds like something from back in the day when you guys used to just make shit up before we had <laughs> yeah. any real record of anything back in the day. That's By what it you was. guys. To be clear, this happened before I was born. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I could live without the you guys. Well, like early, days. early days. Early I days. Mean, I'm not that kind of old here. Okay, you're right. Uh, right, right. That's on me. The Paul Feinbaum, I think, covered that game. Uh, but but <laughs> oh! was, not, was not yet born. Um, but so what, let me see if, I, if, I under, if I'm understanding correctly. 
On the Pat McAfee show, we, we are now questioning the veracity of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. We're questioning whether this is whether or not this actually happened. So, no, no, we're not. We're well, not. Pac-Man is not, but no. I did not know that there was no documented footage of this until just now. So as soon as that happens, boom, my brain goes, whoa, are we, are we sure? that's kind of interesting. You know, like... Uh, that just sounds like Will Chamberlain interview. seems to have accomplished a lot of things in his life of which there is I no agree. video footage, and we're all impressed with. So <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100 as well. Uh, like yeah. yeah. like 10,000. Yeah. 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 There's also video footage. Of Could him. you imagine scoring 100 points? What happens afterwards in that Hershey town, oh, Hershey, we, Pennsylvania? We can guess. Jeez Louise. Yeah. The game was not televised, and no video footage of the game has since been recovered. There are only audio recordings of the game. Of, okay, so that's there is documented footage. Yeah. Of one quarter? The only one that matters, yeah, when they're like, he just put up 97 points. Yeah, yeah like that is no, that's a pretty important after. quarter. Could have made it after. No. Uh, no. What are you saying? He's holding the sign. Come, Come on. Fucking. Oh, you're right. That photo with him with 100. Yep, you got me. Nope, what if he only scored 10? What if this was his worst game ever? What if, what if this is his worst game ever and they just added another zero to that whole thing? Exactly. <laughs> it's audio recording. we got to trust it. Okay. Ty has a question for you, Greeny. Greeny, what, uh, what's your temperature on, like, like, how much do you care about, you mentioned, like, the Knicks, uh, the NBA postseason's coming up, like, the Knicks. Like, I live and die with the Yankees every day. I understand it's only April. It doesn't matter. Like, do you care about any of that stuff right now, or is all the stuff with the Jets and Rodgers kind of clouding uh, your fandom as a whole no no i care about it all i mean and, and obviously the nba playoffs are something the nba season and playoffs are something i i pay more attention to than probably anything because i, I host the nba coverage for the network so you know we're getting ready we'll have the play-in games next wednesday night and then we'll have one of the two play-in games next friday uh n- not this week i should say but next week and then and then saturday we got four games four playoff games and sunday we have more so okay. i'm as knee-deep in that as a person can possibly be. And, yes, I am a lifelong Knicks fan. The Knicks have had a really good year. I don't expect them to get out of the first round. If Randall is 100% okay, then I give them something like a 40% chance to beat Cleveland, maybe less than that. The Knicks are a good team, but here's the problem the Knicks have. The Knicks have, I believe, the third-best player on a championship team in Julius Randall. They have the second-best player on a championship team um, in the point guard. Uh, what they don't have is the first best player on a championship team. And that's the problem uh, because that's the hardest one to get. So it's all well and good to have a two and the number two guy and the number three guy. But if you don't have KD and you don't have, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard or John Morant or, you know, all these different people, then you're still about as far away as almost anyone could be. UConn just won. There are four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, you know what I mean? Two and a three, maybe not needed. How about Zion? Why don't you guys bring Zion up there and play him? You know, because the Pelicans, seems like he's always in a process oh, of recovering. York, down there. Yeah. The last yeah. thing he yeah. needs not is New York. Dollar slices on every corner? Gee. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. What's so funny, Greeny? <laughs> end his career. That's just funny. It's a funny thing to say. He doesn't <laughs> when I was first starting out in the business, I worked in Chicago in local t- sports talk, and I was a producer. And we had a host named Mike Murphy, who was a crazy Cubs fan. Murph. And they, Murphy. they had a catcher named Hector Villanueva, who what, got really heavy. And, uh, and they sent him down to the minors. And the Cubs minor league team was in Iowa. I forget what town. Des Moines. In Iowa. It was in Des Moines, Iowa. And so on the air, we called the bur- a Burger King in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa, and told them to start preparing for their business to double. And, and like that's, that's where I learned this stuff. 
And and you know and so I find I find that stuff funny I, when when you say things like that. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Uh, I don't you know Zion is taking it on the shins. Uh-huh. Every time he's been on the court though, it's like twenty thirteen and five or something like that. Yeah. Like literally, maybe even twenty thirteen and ten. The guy is unstoppable, but he's always recovering from something, and then his weight is always the conversation because remember that shoe couldn't even keep up. That's right, the nice. shoe because he was so <laughs> yeah. explosive. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are the biggest Zion fans on yep. earth though. If you could potentially tell the Pelicans put him on the fucking court, that'd be great for everybody. Last question for you, Greeny, as we know you have to go on this busy day. Tone, Greeny, I feel like I've heard you say this before. Is the end goal still to be the M- MLB commissioner, and I, I just want to let you know it was an abomination this morning when I heard no or saw no one have Roberto Clemente as their number 21. Wow. Well, it'll make you feel better. So what he's talking about, 21 is one of the hardest, uh, was one of the hardest numbers to give ownership to in our book because Tim Duncan wore number 21 and Deion Sanders wore number 21, Roberto Clemente wore number 21. And so when I asked the group today, we had two votes on the air for Deion Sanders and one vote for Tim Duncan. If it makes you feel any better, in the book, we chose Roberto Clemente. Ooh. Uh, Roberto Clemente, who is one of the greatest players that ever lived, and after whom the Major League Baseball's humanitarian award is named. So, Pat and AJ, you guys, and and Pac-Man, you guys are obviously familiar with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That award in baseball (laughs) is the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, Such is the magnitude of of his place um, in in the sport. So while he was not chosen by any of my panel today, he is number 21 in the book. Um, as far as the uh, the Major League Baseball commissioner, yes. When when it was made clear that, that uh, Bud Selig was going to be stepping down, I did launch a campaign for that back in the Mike and Mike days, and I still think I would have done a really good job. But I said this on the air the other day, and, and I mean this. I don't know that I would have had the stones to do what Rob Manfred has done here with the pitch clock. Because when you make a change of that magnitude, um, just being a talk show host, the, 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 the blowback that I am witness to from these traditionalist fans is so overwhelming. I can't imagine what it must have been like for him. But it was obviously, and it has already been proven in less than a week, to obviously have been the right thing to do. And the only thing I will say about Manfred is, and look, I'm not his PR representative. I don't give a damn if you like him or you don't. But everyone is so quick to pile on him for anything he does that was wrong. Piece of metal. I don't hear anybody <laughs> giving him credit for what was a gutsy freaking decision to put a pitch clock into a previously untimed sport. And it is a move that may legitimately save the sport. I don't mean that it was going to go away, but I think it will attract an entire generation of fans that otherwise would not have been interested. Shout out Rob Manfred. Way to go, Bob. You know, because he did say piece of metal is their trophy. That was a tough one. And then he's still living that down. I mean, it's one bad choice of words. I get it. It was he choice knows it was words. a terrible thing to say. It was a bad choice of words. He should definitely not have said that. He knows he shouldn't have said it. But at the end of the day, his job is to make really, really big, tough decisions. True. And he made a big, tough decision here, and he hit it out of the park. Well, I think so too. So we do need to give him a little bit more credit because we always just say Goodell is so much further and better than every other commissioner of every other league. Well, you know? he is. Just because Goodell can answer any question and say nothing at any point, <laughs> anywhere. Yep. And I think that's yeah. an important part of being a commissioner because when other people speak in other sports, it seems like they're always saying something that they have to clarify or they regret or the players get pissed off about. Roger Goodell just gives an answer and it's just like, did Roger Goodell talk today? He did. How long? Three hours. What did he say? 
Well, not nothing really. Yeah. Like he is fantastic. He is good at that. He's incredible. I think that's a big part of being a commissioner. He's obviously got to take the shells for the ownership, and then he's got to have, uh, put a, a good face basically for the league. When Manfred says it's a piece of metal, I mean, that's like. Come on. That shouldn't even be in there. That shouldn't even be in the brain, yeah. I think a lot of us think from the outside, casual fans. But making the change to the game that could potentially save it, good on you, Bob. Let's go, Bob. Good on you, Bob Manfred. Uh, Greeny, good luck with the book sales. Got your number is available now wherever books are sold. I assume it's going to do fantastic, just like you've done with your sports media run. We appreciate you, pal. Pat McAfee writes on the back. <laughs> oh, I'm not in the it. way Mike Greenberg lays things out is nothing short of spectacular. He's already in a couple of halls of fame. And after this book, I'm assuming another is on the way. A fantastic book with fabulous information. So says Pat McAfee, sports analyst and retired ball kicker. Thank you very much, McAfee. Hell yeah. I made it on the back of a book. Woo! Yeah. I appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Greenberg. Yay! He's the man. AJ. What's your, what's your favorite chapter? Me? The first couple was all I got to see. You know, they weren't exactly finished with the book, I don't sure. think, whenever I was asked for the blurb. But I did say a couple times, like, what is, what are you talking about? I got your number. He's like, well, we're telling stories of everybody that owns the numbers pretty much. We're working through it. We're almost finished with it. Would be honored if you were to say something about it. He said, I'll send you a couple so you can kind of get the hang of what it is and yeah. do this whole thing. He sent it over. And I said, cool, I'll do it. What do you, what do you need? He said, a blurb. I said, oh, where's this going to be? Is this, is this in like a marketing thing? He's like, no, it's in the book. It's on the book. I said, I'm on the I'm, Okay. I'm on, I'm, pre, I'm published. That's what I said. I, I said, I'm published. He said, absolutely. I said, when do you need this by? He said, uh, like a month and a half or something. I was Six like, weeks. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm in. That's literally what I said. <laughs> I'm in. And that thing just completely, I, I remember when it happened. I was driving. Too much time. Six weeks, too much time. Right? If he told you like five days, then you. Okay, I got it. Yeah, we got six things to figure out before tomorrow. Uh-huh. We, we don't. I, I'm, I, I just learned of what a blurb is. I'm honored, but also that feels like that is tomorrow's tomorrow's conversation. Long way, away. not today. Yeah. So I kind of pieced it together. I did get a text from him that was like, "Hey, if you don't want to be a part of the book, it is completely fine. Like, just let me know." I'm like, <laughs> oh "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Greedy! This is like a big time honor. I thought I already answered this question." He was like, uh, "Yeah, did, did you get the get the chapters and ever?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." He was like. Need it by, like, tomorrow mm-hmm. or something. Like, are we already six weeks into this whole thing? Wow, time flies, Greeny. I got you tonight. He said, do you want us just to send you one? And then you can kind of, I'm like, no, no, Greeny. I got it. I'm yeah. going to be published. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate him having me in there. That was very nice. He said a lot of very nice things. Yeah, did you make sure that 87 was Crosby? or? Well, that's what I was going to ask him, but he's got to go. He's got something at 3 o'clock. Okay. So. Jordan, Jordan, better, Jordan has to be 23, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. 20, oh, question. 12 is the interesting one. I mean, I'm, they probably gave it to Brady, but there are so many 12s. Probably Brady. Hey, Andrew Luck. I mean, they, but they're going back into, they're going back watching people and thinking about players that we wouldn't even think about. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Pele story is pretty crazy. That's nuts. This guy actually stopped people from killing each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many other stories in there are like that that we have no idea that could potentially make our show better? We'll find out. Got your number available now. I want to order it after the show. That actually sounds very interesting. So no boxers, I'm excited to read that. Huh? Probably no boxers. They don't have numbers. No, Tyson probably. Record, though. Like Record. 49. Could be like Rocky oh, Marciano. Yeah. Floyd, what's Floyd? 50 what? No. Floyd's undefeated, 51. so he's got to be that, right? Yeah, he he's might be that number. 51. I think they're kind of tying him in that, the 100 for Wilch. Yeah, which I didn't understand. I heard it what? happened. I knew it happened. I've heard details of what Wilt did 
you know, off the court. Mm-hmm. How many shots did he take? Like, there's no three-point line, obviously. We know he's a big guy. Like, it would be hard to score 100 points on air. 50 shots. Uh, yeah, there's no three-second violation back then, so you could just go and camp in the paint. And he was, like, six inches taller than everyone else. He was incredibly uh, efficient. At least. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not the only okay. one, though, that – I mean, that was the first time I heard there's no footage of this. And in 2023, there's no footage of anything. It's hard not to just be like, oh, the tooth fairy came. Uh, You know what I mean? I believe it. Yeah, absolutely. The tooth was there. It's gone. Now there's money there. All right, we got it. Proof. But do you believe his other numbers more than you do the 100? That's going to be tough, too. Like, I I don't know how his dick would operate. He 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 said it, right? There, he's got some film. of them. They have film from right for the off ladies? the court stuff. Any records that he has? The sex tapes? For I one? assume there's a couple here, there. But you, the amount of work, like who had enough? He had more hours. Maybe he flew from the East Coast to the West Coast to gain like an hour. Oh yeah, every single day. Yep. So then at night he would fly back to the East Coast and then fly back again. So every other day was like a leap year. He got an extra hour or two in his time because I don't know how he had enough time and how he would have been able to accomplish all those things, but it sounds like Wilt was an absolute dog. I I believe he scored 100. Too many people would have to, you know, be lying to do it, but no document of it until the audio records came out would have been tough for me to believe, I think, early. He was hot for the free throw line. Yeah, he was very efficient that day. I mean, Ted Luckenbill should have been put in the game. 63 field goal attempts. Nobody else shot that motherfucker. No. Jeez. Paul Arzen. Yeah. Al Adel's actually, you know, perfect from the field. Yeah. Adel's was – fu- his layups were like Zanon. Oh, yeah. Buck, Buck just couldn't ke- catch a basket, could he? He missed two free throws as well. They well, God, let's think about Guy Rogers. Think about Will Chamberlain looking at Guy saying, hey, Guy, stop fucking shooting. <laughs> Pass me the fucking ball, <laughs> yeah. Guy. One of four? Okay. How many times, pal? Ed Collin. <laughs> How pissed is Al Adels? Because he probably had, what, 30 assists, but they didn't have assists recorded back then. He would have broke the record in the game. How many assists did Wode have? I mean, look at... 300, I think? I don't know. How many shots were taken? Totals. 63. Uh, 115 shots. You only have nine guys on the squad. 63 makes. So... Forty something. Uh, yeah, so he was had, it a close game. Was it one sixty nine to oh one forty seven? Was a high scoring. Wilt attempted thirty two free throws. Did, Fucking twenty eight to thirty two. Not bad. That's a lot of mental wait. toughness. I mean, who's the other center? Oh, yeah, Bob Richie Garen. Daryl Imhoff was Jeez. fucking dumb with it. He must have had fifteen fouls that game. Cleveland Did anyone play defense? Thirty three off the bench. Yeah. Oh, he never came out the game. This game. Who? Oh. Cleveland. No. Well, well, well never Cleveland probably did. I don't think Cleveland did either. He was what did 16. the defense look like? Well, you can imagine. 147 to 169. Total of seven rebounds this game? Richie Guerin is actually a Stanley Cup champion uh, Bill Guerin's uh, father. <laughs> is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people know Billy Guerin. Mm-hmm. Oh, Billy Guerin. Billy G. Great penguin. All right. So he did it. Congrats. Oh, yeah. That sold me. AJ, you think it happened? I do think it happened. I really do. Why would they lie? You guys think the Declaration of Independence happened? Yeah, no, it definitely happened. Just because you can go it. look at it. Okay, there's no footage of that either. There's a written <laughs> document, Tony. Okay? There's a written document of that statute somewhere. That was tight, but I, I don't know. I saw that. If I we saw the handwritten yeah. from the day. <laughs> I believe it. With a photo of the hand, you know, like catfish situation, yeah. I think we would be more likely to believe. But I would just want to believe it because I want to believe it. Defense back then was such a joke. We believe. Was, was Sometimes you just want footer? to believe, yeah. you know? I would like to believe so that I believe. 
that he did it. Hell yeah. Pack, you believe? I believe. Tone? 100%. Ty? Hell yeah. Connor? Ask someone in the back. <laughs> AJ? Yeah, I'm not 100%, but I believe. So you, so you kind of just wrote 85, the fence. 85% chance it happened. Okay, I think that's not that, a bad... That's thing. not enough. That means he don't believe. 85 is certainly... 15% <laughs> is a lot of doubt. I'm saying, okay, that's what could have happened... Wilt could have had like 90 with two minutes to go, and they all just laid on the ground and let him get 10 points sure. to get 100. Wilt's 100-point game. On March 2nd, 1962, where everything was oh, documented yes. and people knew what happened, Wilt yeah. Chamberlain set the NBA's single-game scoring record by dropping a nice round 100 points for the Philadelphia Warriors in a 169-147 win. Played in BA, the game was a home contest for Chamberlain and the Warriors, who often traveled to other parts of the state to attract more fans. He scored 23 points in the first frame. Mm-hmm. And had 40, they didn't even fucking know what basketball was by that. And 41 Quarters. by halftime. After recording another 28 in the third quarter and fans became aware of what they could witness, they began to chant, almost demanding that other members of the team give it to Will. Give it to Will. The Big Dipper scored his 100 points with a assist from Joe Rucklick. Liquor. 46 seconds left in the game, shooting 36 of 63 from the field. Chamberlain annihilated the previous NBA scoring record of 78 points, which we've already seen passed. PR man Harvey Pollack scribbled 100 on a piece of paper and had Chamberlain hold it up for photographers, making it for one of the most famous shots in basketball history. There you have it. There you have it. Wow. He did it. It happened. Yep. Do you want to move that 85 number that you had? Now I'll stay where I'm at. I'll stay right where I'm at. That didn't change anything, that reading? We got footage of stuff from, like, the 30s and 40s. So the tweet that I actually just saw was the Darius Butler sent it into the group that there's video of Anne Frank, you know. And, so, riddle yeah. me that. There's no video. Yeah. Of, that was a tweet. Uh, that, Will. There's no video of Will doing, it, like, pretty much anything. But, mm. I mean, that's a hilarious tweet. And, and the uh, I would just like to talk about how many um, – that one had uh, 10,000 retweets. Now, a lot <laughs> okay. of people have seen that particular okay. tweet. and uh, So I'm not the only one to ask the question immediately upon hearing it. But I do believe. Yeah. Connor? Like I said, ask Foxy or something. Foxy, you believe? 100%. Kobe Bryant scored, oh. what, 81 yeah. points in the modern NBA? Yep. Wilt Chamberlain, 1,000% yeah. can score 100. Zito, you believe? Thank you, Fox. Hell yeah. I mean, Nick, you believe? Yeah, why not? Dirty, you believe? Nah, I, we, there's no videos Huge anywhere. Get. Dirty Huge says get. no. No, I know about the right Huge get. Okay, Connor, would you like to give I, your answer I now? I don't believe in birds, and you think I believe in a 100-point game <laughs> in 1962? That is true. How about that one sparking? Exactly. I mean, we know. It's not like a conspiracy. Let's go to the 500 phone line and get out of here. Big thanks to... Uh, we know. Yep, we know. Big th- battery died. Big thanks to uh, oh, no. Big thanks to Greeny stopping by on this very very busy day. Go ahead and buy his book. Yep. Zito would like to do a poll uh, on whether or not people believe Will Chamberlain's hundred point game. I'm not sure that we need to bring any more attention to this. No, you know that, what I mean. Yeah. That tweet that yeah. you just said had ten thousand retweets is our poll. What's that? <laughs> it is. A lot of the people that retweeted it said retweets do not express. Yeah. Do not reflect endorsements. What's the yeah. tweet say? Why didn't Con Man read the tweet? What's it say? Word for word, you want him to quote it? You want him to quote Listen, the whole tweet? Only one. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. What is it? There's only one poll that we need to be concerned about when it comes to Wilt, okay? He's slaying that thing. <laughs> yeah, the one in between his legs. Right. Hell yeah. Hey, man, I just also read the tweet. It's not cool, AJ. What? I've would you like to read it a lot? I would not. You didn't know? Just tell us what it is. 
now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I just looked. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, I'm not reading it, Hawk. Connor's from Boston, but I don't yeah. know if he wants to know. <laughs> You're from Ohio. You read it. Let's go to the phones on the 500 phone Send line. Send it to me. 1833, you saw it. 1833 You never participate in the group, though, ever, except for every once in a while. Yeah, you're just lurking like a weirdo. You too, Pac. You were, he was pretty active there early, and then he kind of disappeared yeah, in the action. Yeah. New, he sent in those new emojis today. He found those. Oh, yeah. He's pretty pumped up about everything mm-hmm. popping off with Apple and iPhone. Now, one 833 is the 500 phone line. Let's head to Ronnie in Indiana. Ronnie, what's going on? Boys, what's going on? Hell yeah, uh, just Boys. hanging out. You, you, got, you guys are hard to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Great to hear fucking green is good, though, ain't it, boys? Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh-huh. He, 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 he took my question, so so I got a question for you, Pat. Okay. What's more exhilarating, jumping off the top rope at WrestleMania what? or laying somebody out at the 50-yard line? Oh, that been Ronnie. Well, I think tackling Pac-Man Jones probably the most. <laughs> That's at the top? That's the top of okay. anything I've ever done. That's a big moment. Obviously, you feel uh, incredibly proud of yourself whenever somebody sure. as elusive as Pac-Man is within your raw vice, and you're just going to toss him around. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome to the program, yep. Pac-Man. That's a big deal. WrestleMania is bananas. Yeah. I will yeah. say. Yeah. We were in a bus with no people, and then jacket overhead, walk through stadium. For 10 hours. Then bang right into a room, and then straight to a stage, 80,497 people. Like, we go from bus, jail cell. Least stimulated. No, none at all. Nothing. Straight to bang, 80,000 plus people, and you're about to go out and do your thing. I mean, it is, uh, that is an awesome feeling. The WWE has something that nobody else has. And uh, I'll say that's pretty exhilarating. Big time tackle, though, is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. But also, if I tackle somebody, that means, like, my numbers and stats are fucked. I ruined the defense. Yeah. You know, if it's getting to me, that's not good. Job not well done. So I would say WWE feels mm-hmm. like the most exhilarating awesome thing. Well, in the grand scheme of things, too, like if that's just like a regular season game, you're getting the tackle in, like it's still awesome. But like WrestleMania is the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Like how many people are also watching that on TV and stuff? Like it's 80,000 plus in the stands is one thing. Like there are so many fucking people watching it at home, too. So I would want to win a Super Bowl, obviously. More like that was. That's big goal that never happened, you know. 35? How long can he kick a ball for? You know, maybe yeah, maybe the Jets. Maybe like 41, 42 years sure. old. I stay mm-hmm. in shape. You know, have some friends around there. I'm bombing balls. Maybe steal one at the end. I'll not have to do any training camp or anything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You almost did, too. Yeah, when I was a rookie, yeah. you almost stole no, oh, I mean, last no. year. I yeah. mean, yeah, a couple of years ago. The Bucks. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? No. I was too good with my COVID uh, protocols Mm -hmm. that I didn't have the antibodies. If I would have had the antibodies, which means I would have already got COVID, I would have probably signed with the team that would go and win a Super Bowl. And I wouldn't have had to do anything because Mm -hmm. they both cleared protocol. They both both cleared the protocol by the game on Sunday. So kicker, punter, out on like Monday, Tuesday, failed COVID test. Need to get both in. Only way to get a position in is if you're in a hotel or you have the antibodies, mm-hmm. had tests for the antibodies, didn't have them. Too good at COVID protocols. Sorry. Stayed too separated. Didn't make eye contact when COVID was hopping through eyeballs. So it's a vastly different experience, but the WrestleMania shit is bananas. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. bananas. Let's go to Nick in Franklin, Texas. Nick, what's going on, pal? So much, Pat. How are you doing? Yeah. Keep, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I was, my question yeah. is for uh, Pac-Man. I was wondering if you've ever seen the Tom Segura clip about you, and uh, is it true? Uh, it's definitely not true. Um, I have seen the clip. It's a dope-ass clip. Yeah, I've not awesome. seen it. Oh, oh it's funny. awesome. Funny as hell. Tom Segura? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Tom Segura is fucking net, hilarious. It's a great special, right? story. Yeah, yeah, it's in his Netflix, Netflix. special. Yeah. Based, yeah, you should tell it because you've seen well, it. It's not true, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's like it's like Tom Segura has like kind of like a the locker room passes or whatever, and it was right after a massive loss for the Bengals. It's Tom Segura and his friend. Is that right, yeah, AJ? Yeah. yeah, it's Tom Segura and his Approach friend. Me. And like uh, his friend wanted to meet Pac-Man or something, or wanted an autograph from him. And Pac-Man's walking through the tunnel, very pissed off. And, and Tom Segura's friends like, "Hey, Pac-Man, like great game. Can you sign like this shirt for me?" And uh, Pac-Man allegedly said, "Thanks, motherfucker," and then kept walking. Okay, could happen. Yeah, could see Uh-oh, it happening. That is not what happened. I yeah, said, it's a lot thanks, motherfucker. Story. And then he's like, "My dad loved you." I said, "You fucking do." Then I end up signing something. Did you? Okay. Nice. Nice. All right, here we go. Nice. Okay. It was Hell pretty yeah. fun. But you're Pac-Man Jones, so anything you do with anybody is going to be a story forever. Yes. yes. You know, that is just kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. Unless Scor- I just didn't know who the fuck he was, and that might could have happened. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah especially yeah. in that moment in that tunnel with the humans that are yelling there. Yeah. Very feasible that that could take place. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Tom Segura has one of the greatest brains. Oh. Hey. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Tom Segura is oh, a genius. Yes. He's jocked right now. You've seen him now? Yeah. yeah. He looks like a different human. Well, remember, his left arm committed treason yeah. after his <laughs> knee right. blew off. That's right. Yeah. That should be number one in Greedy's book Had for clips on the internet. One, number one. Who owns the number one? <laughs> Tom Segura. Why? Because he had one arm that committed yeah. treason, went behind his back, and required like life saving <laughs> yeah. surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Amputate his arm and his leg. We went to a show in here. the heart of COVID. In the heart of COVID in LA. <laughs> oh man, what a! And he was in the hospital what six months, like long, a long time. time in yeah. hospital, like long, long time. <laughs> He, we went to a show here in Indy whenever it was the I'm Coming Everywhere tour. Mm-hmm. He had like 7,000 shows in 400 days all mm-hmm. over the place. They were all sold out, obviously, because everybody going to him. We went to the one in Indy. Fucking home run. So good. Every two minutes, it was just like a bang, bang, bang. Then a baby cry. Yes. Wow. And it was a full, there's no, unless he planned a baby, which... He's a genius. I don't know, but this baby <laughs> cried and it became a 10 minute and it middle was like, of a joke. Middle of a joke, 10 minute home run with baby, then close out the story from the other one. It was yeah. like, man, you're watching a really, really, really talented brain operate here. And I think he's back in fucking basketball shape too. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Played a weatherman from Erie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Did he win? Do we know? Did anybody watch the clip? I oh, yeah, I don't know. I think he did. I, I mean, I saw a little bit of it judging by the way the other guy dribbled. I'd, I'd assume Tom okay. won. Was a weatherman that didn't couldn't play basketball? What, what are you saying I mean, by the dribbled, way he dribbled? He dribbled like a jackass, and Tom, Tom was hitting fucking turnaround pull-up jumpers. It's like, okay, Tom Segura actually plays basketball. Weatherman bit. had no idea. Didn't look like it. Erie's a tough town. You know, you got to remember about Erie. Erie was the place where there was the explosive yeah, around the person. Yeah, the pizza guy. Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. What? He's saying it. They oh, had, the uh, documentary where he strapped the dude to his head and put him in, like, the intersection? Yeah. Yep. That's brutal, yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Tough way to go. So I warned Tom when I heard he was going to play against an eerie weatherman. I'm like, hey, if they got their own Donardo up there, like, this might be a dog. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Oh, there's only one Donardo. 
That Dumb. that's who he played. Oh my god! Come on, something happened before to set this up. I don't know what happened. He had to have talked shit, right? The weatherman. Look had at how good of yeah. shape Tom Segura is in. By the way, it's unbelievable. He like takes a trainer with him on the road and everything. I guess it works out like twice a day. Has a bunch of sweet cars. The ZBB still guy. funny. Still very funny. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's go back to the front. I don't want to see it. Tom, we're way past the Tom. I want to put an ice pack on it. Let's go to Matt. Yeah, it's like he got a cramp. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to. Yeah. Let's go to. That's the best. Russ in Chicago on the Five Energy phone line. Go to fiveenergy.com or use promo code MACFEE to receive 20% off your order. Russ in Chicago, what's going on? Happy Tuesday, boys. Keep it moving. Hell Love yeah. it. AJ, what cigars are you possibly smoking over there? I watch every day smoking cigars in my office. I just got to know. Beast. What do you do for a living real quick, Russ? <laughs> yeah, where, yeah where, where are you? We got a little landscape company over here in Chicago. Oh, in Chicago. You guys, uh, you guys out and about, your offices are outside, or do you have one of those uh, filter fan things? Mm. We we got many filter fan things. All right, thank you, Russ. AJ, you can you describe your system over there and what you smoke? I think this is something that a lot of people <laughs> actually wonder about. I don't have a, a full system. I'm up in a small little attic room that I finished, and I put a uh, a powerful bathroom fan in the ceiling right above this. My father-in-law, Chopper, who smokes cigars as well, did, and this thing works great. What do you smoke? Oh, any, I've said before, anything like Connecticut wrapper, light wrappers, medium, mild cigars. That's what I like. I don't like the fancy, expensive stuff. Those are gross to me. So, and whenever you have that bag of like 60 of them, are they all different brands or is it normally the same brand? All I have like, uh, I have two or three that I buy boxes of 25, you know, every couple of days. How many are you week. blowing through every day over here? Only here. I honestly only smoke on the show right now. Like that's, I don't have any other, it's just when I do it. So I don't, I have no idea. Honestly, I don't, I don't really keep track. Do you finish... Two cigars, one cigar every right. single day? Sure. Oh, yeah. Easy. Or during the weeks, yeah, when I'm on the show. Yeah, weekdays, no question. Okay, so we're up over like two cigars a day, 10, 10 a week, 12 a week, 13 a week? Yeah, you know, it's, sometimes if you sit there and you start to add it up, it doesn't make you feel great about like your future, so I don't <laughs> add it up that much. Nice. How many boxes? you got? Is that why you just dump all the boxes into a bag? I forget how many decks are in here. We're just kind of doing our thing so you don't have to keep track, so you can just kind of keep yourself oblivious? Uh, no, I mean, I, I pay attention to it, but I definitely pay attention if I need them or not. And I, I go, like, we went down to Mexico or whatever. I didn't take any with me. I didn't have any for four or five days. Like, I don't need to. I don't smoke on the weekends. Usually just now the weather's getting better. I will because I'll be able to get outside with Chopper and different people. But, uh, yeah, I don't have to. But I, on the show, I feel like I keeps me keeps me alive, keeps me alert, keeps me engaged. Hey, we're proud of you. Yeah, nice. Good to know your cigars. I mean, you don't need to be. But. A lot of cigar smokers watch your show, and they, uh, I get asked in public a lot whenever I'm uh, with a group and there's a cigar smoker. Yeah. What does AJ smoke? I'm always like, I think it's just like the cheap light shit. I mm -hmm. think. I'm on a, I think. And that, is that the wrong yeah. answer? Not like, like just medium, like middle of the road. That's all I'm doing. I don't, people love to give you like the super dark. Yes. Like crazy Cuban things. I'm like, all right, buddy, I'm not man enough to smoke. It's that. like <laughs> wine, right? Like, don't, and there like different variations and aging. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, you know, like, how people are really into this thing. Like, they get into the world and they, like, their cigars are like impeccable how they cut them, how they smoke them, like this, how slow. I'm like, I don't have any of that. Your cigaring has gotten me into a conversation for 10 to 15 minutes with somebody that I had no fucking answers to, but he, he was breaking down Loved it. cigars and what you probably smoked. 
and why you probably smoked and how he used to smoke said ones. Then he experienced this. And when you pair this type of cigar with this type of setting and mood and wine, Ooh. I was like, God damn, this guy knows a lot about cigars. I respect it. I know nothing. I gave him a, yeah, that's probably what AJ does. <laughs> yeah. Handshake kind of got out of there. So I think cigar smokers are very intrigued by what you do. AJ, go ahead, no, no free ads, but he, had, he didn't give anybody any answers. But the ones that he had, the CLEs, which are a nice, like, Connecticut wrapper, are one of the best that he's brought around. What is a Connecticut wrapper? What does that mean? It's, it's like, like a, it's like a Philly blunt, a Connecticut wrapper, like that type of thing. Like lighter. It's a light, it's a like the shade of the wrapper and wherever it's grown. It's just a little bit lighter than there's like the super dark wrappers you'll see sometimes. Like I played golf with Anthony Munoz years ago, and that dude Malcolm is in the man. middle. He he yeah. smoked giant. Super dark cigars all day. And he's like, hey, you want one of these? I'm like, uh, I don't think so. Pac, you smoke? I can't. The next day, I know. That How did you two hold no. golf clubs? That's the light, that's a, that's the light wrappers. Those <laughs> are the ones where you don't. Yeah, and Munoz's fingers are fucking. The next, <laughs> next yeah, day, those CLE wrappers, you don't taste like someone shit in your mouth all night. Are you a cigar uh, smoker? It depends on the occasion, but that's funny. AJ, I got a whole fucking box of cigars someone sent to me mm. to give to you, by the way. I yeah, that's happened. Coach. Nice. Mm-hmm. That happened. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. Tell him yeah. thank you. I will. I will. I've told him thank you. Is but. it Coach JB? No, it's not JB. <laughs> no, it was Joe. Donardo? No, Joe. His, his body. Oh, Joe. It wasn't Joe. Body, oh, body, Joe. Body yeah, yeah. Joe. I don't talk Joe. 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 Yeah. Joe Lazy's goes. <laughs> Come on. Yes, I do like the Russ is smoking inside. You're smoking inside. Seems like just something that happens. You know, because... In states where it's legal, and my wife and I have a place in Michigan where we there last night, mm-hmm. you know, dope smoke kind of disappears inside the house. Yeah, it does. Dope smoke kind of disappears. Cigar smoke does not, right? Cig- cigarette smoke does not either. No. I don't know if dope oh, smoke exactly disappears <laughs> from the house. It does, for sure. If, I don't, if you were not to smoke for two to three days in a house, you would not know right. that there was smoke in that house. If you're there yeah. for like in, within hours of smoking, I think yeah. for sure. But like... Cigars and cigarettes, they kind of like don't sticks they sticks to the wall. They like I know st- cigarettes definitely stick to the, the walls Hell and the carpet yeah. and everything, yeah. But there's people that smoke blunts and then you got the tobacco wrap yeah. uh-huh. that also mm-hmm. you know kind of lights. That was a big transition for me. I really enjoyed that day. Blunt to joints? Yeah, blunt to cone. Never thought I'd do it because I enjoyed the whole blunt operation yeah. and can roll blunt, can't roll cone. joint, can stuff cone though. The cone kind of changed the whole game. But you also realize you probably have a nicotine addiction when you're smoking those blunts. Sure. And it's like, uh, wait, I'm still, I'm over here talking shit on all these tobacco people. And I'm, fucking, uh, I'm doing the same. Yeah. I'm doing the same exact thing. But it smelled more. I think it always smelled more in places when you're smoking the blunts, which. I like, I like smoking out, out of an old school pipe, like put tobacco in a yeah. pipe. Yep. It's like a nice light change up from a cigar. It's really good. Hell yeah. Bowl smoking's a good time. Uh-huh, like, bowl yeah, smoking's no. a great time. I love it too, but not with the tobacco. So. No, yeah. We put CBD. We bowl in. smoke too, uh, AJ. Well, I mean, Pac-Man might have to stop because if he keeps going, we're going to have to tie Cinderbox to his feet again. Yeah, a little bit earlier, he came from Michigan, had a driver to drive him down here mm-hmm. for the beginning of the show. and mm-hmm. Thanks, Joe. Pac was hanging out with that Thanks, goddamn Joe. buffalo. So, oh. Pac was riding that buffalo right. up yeah. for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Hey, great to see you back down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good to see you, Pac. back on our... Guys up there. You should have seen him up on top of that. He was on top of that buffalo. <laughs> Crazy. You know what I mean? so, yeah. Think about that. Down, please let me down. All right, let's go. To the, uh, you're going to come back, back. You're going to come back. Let's go to the phones. Last phone call here on the Five Energy phone line for this glorious Tuesday, April 4th. Congrats, Connecticut National Champions. Way to go, you come. Let's go to Brandon in Fort Wayne on the Five Energy phone line. What's going on, Brandon? Let's go. How are you doing, boys? Keep it moving. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
Two things. First one, D Butt. Thank you for the free cash last night. Go UConn. Super yeah. boost hit for D Butt. Money line UConn. Hell yeah. Number two, East Coast story here. Uh, this one's for that Mark Boston Connor. That was coming. Oh no. Did you did you hear this shit? They're shopping uh, Mac Jones already. Is this smoke or is this real? And do the Patriots are they fucking dead? Okay, Brandon has a question for uh, Mark Boston Connor about the Patriots and the report earlier that Mac Jones is on the trading block with. With Bill Belichick because he pissed him off last year yeah. mm-hmm. when he was asking outside sources for information about the offense they were running in the building. Bill Belichick didn't like it. What are your thoughts on that entire report, and what does this mean for the future of the Patriots, Connor? Uh, whether he was shopping him or not, you know who knows. But if you don't play well, yeah, Bill Belichick's going to shop you. It doesn't really matter. What, it's a what have you done for me lately relationship with Bill. I like Mac. We'll see what happens. This is the prove it year. You know they went out, got weapons, got an OC. This will be the last season before they have to pick up his fifth year option. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. If not, you know, maybe we go and get Lamar Jackson after he plays with the franchise tag or sits out a year. If, so. we're, if they were shopping him, you would think the Raiders would have been in. Because remember, there was a little smoke that McDaniels might reunite with Mac Jones, and they were obviously looking for a quarterback. They just signed Brian Hoyer uh, to back yep. up Jimmy G, who obviously knows the Patriot system, knows Brian Hoyer, or knows Jimmy mm-hmm. G. So that what do you think? Do you think there was any movement? And it, it was the way it was quoted was from a source with knowledge of the situation. Of the situation, yep. Which we never know what that means, but it's coming from Pro Football Talk. They are plugged in everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it had to be a little bit true, AJ. What are your thoughts? Something's true. Like what is it when there's smoke, there's fire? Like the, when, when we hear about their relationship kind of fractured and Matt going outside of the, the facility and doing all this, like I don't know if they're shopping them, but – it seems like things aren't great, like between Belichick and Mac and the rest of the squad. So I, I am very curious to see how camp goes and how the start of the season. Is. Nothing's ever great when you stink. They stink. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Tone. I, I feel bad for Mac. I mean, he had a he had a pretty really good rookie season, Pro Bowler, fucking gradient in the end zone. Then he had some guy who never coached offense before as his OC, and yeah, now exactly. we're judging him. Orlovsky told us. Biggest worry going into last year. Yeah, look what Robert Kraft said at the league meetings uh, last week to reporters. This is from Pro Football Talk. I'm a big fan of Matt Kraft, told reporters. He came to us as a rookie. He quarterbacked in his rookie season and did a very fine job, I thought. He made the playoffs. I think we experimented with some things last year that, frankly, didn't work when it came to him, in my opinion. Yeah. So Bill Belichick going, we got to get rid of Matt. (laughs) Kraft going, guys, fucking put Matt Patricia's. uh, What are we we doing here? Yeah. Bill, come on. He quarterbacked great his rookie year, right? What a way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. He quarterbacked great his rookie year, didn't he? Going to win rookie of the year. And then Jamar Chase finished with like the last five games with six touchdowns and 800 yards. I love that the Patriots are still spending a little drama. This is not the normal Patriots, is it? Or is their dynasty completely dead and gone? Is Bill Belichick going to ride off in the sunset? Maybe beating Shula's win record, but never winning the big one again. Wow. Are we wow. going to do this wow. every offseason? We've done it for 15 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's my point. Pat, do you think Bill, does Bill have the power like he does with the players? Does he call Kraft in his office and show him this quote? Like, hey, we're not, we don't give anything to the media. Remember? Like, well, you just, what Especially disagreeing with me. What is this? And then our Bill goes, remember that report where you said, I got to go deal with the biggest asshole on earth, Bill Belichick? <laughs> I let that one slide, didn't I? <laughs> I let that one just slide. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Now you got this thing experimenting. I didn't experiment. It's football. Okay. <laughs> Pipe down, Kraft. Yeah. I do wonder what that relationship <laughs> yeah. is like between oh. the two. Fascinating. Two very heady, right? I mean, those are two. 
They've but Kraft is very you publicly though. Kraft is always like puts it on. Hey, wait, that's not my decision. That's Coach Belichick. He's he makes those decisions. Like he does that publicly a lot. You assume it's like Brady's, where like everybody will write what they want, but no one will ever know the relationship except for those two. And it's the same thing with Tom Brady. Like yeah, everyone, we'll see a doc at some point. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, because there's already been so many. Or Bill will come out in press conferences this year and start talking like normal when Bob Kraft's getting jerked off and yeah, remember me? Remember, Jesus, remember allegedly. Florida. Allegedly, well, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. That's what, and that's what he'll say. Allegedly, excuse me. I'm sorry. Well, you better. Yeah. Well, that's you know we we may find out. Well, we did find out. You got to say allegedly. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about the other stuff. We, you definitely got to say the other stuff. Uh, we've learned that out in the court of law now, federal court of law. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hey, he came through all right. He's just fine, actually, unscathed. Oh, he yeah. came. <laughs> allegedly. Oh! allegedly, allegedly, and that's that's how we'll end today. <laughs> Pac-Man, you want to do uh, any any sort of contest to maybe give away some money to the fine people that are watching at home? Yeah. Let's do it. What do you want to do, Pac? Drain a putt. Drink some putts. I'm going to make a shot from the stage. It's easy. Oh, Connor did drain a shot from the stage yeah. just yesterday. Pac, I'm not sure if you Connor have. If can do it, I can fucking do it. Okay. Go. We've got hey. some basketball shots mm-hmm. from the stage. Yeah, ba- extra, but- basically an equivalent to a half-court shot in the NBA. Remember, these mm-hmm. are NBA threes that are here at the Thunderdome. We're not preparing to play college basketball. No, no. 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 We're, no, no. we're preparing to play NBA basketball yeah, if we ever get a chance and the shot gets good enough. So, Pac-Man, if you're able... If you're able to bury mm-hmm. what's equivalent to a half-court shot from the stage here, we'll give 10 people $500 who retweet this video, say something nice for somebody, and put the easiest way to pay them in the same exact tweet. Pac-Man, why don't you go ahead and put this... Look uh-huh. good. Okay, uh-huh. kind of a casual, yeah. kind of yeah. a casual, quick little... Qu- oh, my God. Oh, boy, that one was bad. That like- was, that one was this, bad. this one's going in. This AJ says this one's going in. Is this because Connor was so casual with it yesterday? Oh, oh bonus ball, bonus ball, bonus ball, bonus ball. Wow. The vibes are high. Big bonus bonus ball. balls are coming back. Money. Money. Ten people. Five hundred dollars. I said Woo. that ball was going in. Okay, bonus ball was great vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since Pac-Man made that 10 people $500 to retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the most efficient way to pay them virtually in the same tweet so that we can pay you quickly and efficiently. Cash App has been a little bit slow uploading all the money. We do not know why, but if you're PayPal or Venmo what? or Zelle what? or whatever it is, put that in there. We appreciate you all so much. Pac-Man, incredible day. Good boy, Pac-Man. Tone Diggs, incredible day Thank today. You, Ty Schmidt, incredible day today. Thank you, Pat. Hey, AJ Hawk, had a baby today. Daniel Jeremiah stopped by. He was fantastic. Darius Butler was great. Mike Greenberg was great. And Boston Connor has something to say about Dinger Tuesday with Vandal right before we get out of here. Hell yeah, it's the first Dinger Tuesday today of the MLB season on Fanduel. Pray say pre-live straight $25 bet to hit a home run wager on any hmm. MLB game. Don't know why you would put C. Bruce. This is what I'm saying. Here we go. Why, Bruce? Let me let me just riddle me this. Bruce won 10K last night. Yeah, he yeah. did. Unbelievable. Maybe yeah. that's why. Is the date. It, the date's throwing you off. Why? Yeah. Any April 4th MLB Yeah, but you didn't game. put April 4th. Four, da- four slash four. 
What, what, what does that mean? Why, that maybe means four, April 4th. Maybe it's four out of four. Yeah, it does technically, but... There's so many different... that You could just write April 4th. You know I, I read this word for word, and then you just throw in a four slash four. Like I'm some fucking asshole. Four no. four. Well, you, you are some fucking asshole. You could have gone with the four four MLB game. You could have just four out of four MLB game. I would have said that four four four. Then I would have shit too. That is kind of like a four four four. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a shot four four one dash four like one of four four out of four four of four on it. Oh, that is a lot. On any four out of four MLB game, I'm an asshole. Now, to be clear, could have read it before reading it live. No. Okay. Nope. All right. I guess not. I guess you're right. Go bet on home runs on FanDuel. Digger Tuesday. It's awesome. That was good. I'm happy you and Bruce kind of set your swords down. Max bet $25. We have an update on the poll. 66% of the chat in YouTube says that Will Chamberlain did score 100 points. We're on the right side. Happy to hear that. Connor, Dirty, AJ, kind of scumbags. We'll let you deal with that tomorrow. Everybody have a fantastic afternoon. We'll be back with a big one tomorrow. You all are the nicest people on earth. Uh, We appreciate the hell out of you. We're going to Chef Bo's. Goodbye.